This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Indeed, here we are in the studios of WNSP for a Wednesday edition. And is it me? Or were you able to breathe just a little bit outside today? Is this what cold front and mobile now feels like, Lee? I mean, I, I half expected you and hat and gloves and scarf and the whole deal, man. It's That was yesterday. Oh, okay. I Did, so let me ask you this because yeah, I yeah. was talking to... Um, my good friend Rick True, who's going to be on tomorrow to talk about, in general, uh, heating in the house and air conditioning. <laughs> but heating, did you funny. ever look at um, your thermostat? Like, in two places, I have it down to, let's say, I'm going to throw it just numbers in general. Okay. I have it down to maybe 75, and it's actually 77. Or, it, in other words, what I have it placed at it can't get to. It can't get to. Yeah, yeah. And and I didn't even know this, but then when I was talking to Rick yesterday, and he's going to come on tomorrow, he said, there's a reason for that. I, w- I thought maybe there was something wrong with my unit, the fact that it can't get down to where it's supposed to be. But he says that's because of the atmospheric conditions out there. Yeah, the air conditioning can't, can't keep up with the weather. Right, exactly. Mark, you are so on. You know Gosh, what? Gosh, it's great to work with this somebody so educated. Well, I mean— difference between you and me is i knew that before you talked to rick i just knew that because you know what some things just click with me some things just click with me i you know i was born this way all right good to know it was cold this morning (laughs) so you remember yesterday i talked about uh michael orr yeah i heard writing a book yeah so you you came up with a nebulous title what what was your crazy title, Blindside Two, or something like that? I don't know. You remember no, you said I, I don't want to take credit for your 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 your, your title. I couldn't there. come up with a name. Did you see what the name of the book really is? It's incredible how long it is. It's called When Your Back's Against the Wall: Fame, Football, and Lessons Learned Through a Lifetime of Adversity. It was published last week. Damn, he that is sounds now, like the first chapter. Exactly. He's now on a book tour. The Tuies are claiming that the motive, one of the motives behind the lawsuit, the petition to the courts, is to promote the book. That's just that's just one layer of yeah. many. So now there's a number out there that he this this isn't the first time he's tried to shake them down, and that he wanted 15 million. So this is what I've come up with in my deep meditative state over the last 24 hours on this topic. So. These are people that took him in. This was a guy that was willingly taken in, right? They loved him as his own. They He loved them, blah, blah, blah. Now, the movie didn't necessarily reflect real life, and, you know, that's Hollywood for you. But instead of the petitions and trying to shake them down, if he indeed needs money, if he was financially strapped and needed cash, why didn't he just ask him? Say, I've hit a rough patch. I need some help. From what I can gather, they've done this before, <laughs> clearly. Why not just say, hey, we're family. Help me out. I'm Financially, I need some help. Why go through this rigmarole of sh- a shakedown and going through the courts 
and it seems like they would be willing to help a guy out. They've. It's not like it's a foreign idea to these people. Well, he is their son, right? Or not so much adopted. But I think I'll tell you what. As I as I peel away the layers of this, I think there's one area that is going. Whereas I I kind of lean toward the twoies right now because the. Uh, the news that this, this has happened before and lawyers have entered and then gotten out of it when they saw the evidence and felt there was nothing to this. So this is just one more attempt by Michael Orr. And if, in fact, you want to call it a shakedown or threatening or stuff like that. But the one the one area we brought up yesterday and we, when we talked to David Green about the conservatorship, there, there's something there. I don't know how that's going to play out. But in looking up the word and getting definitions of conservatorship, they, only, they usually apply to somebody who's disabled, who can't make decisions, and so forth. When the conservatorship was signed, and he did sign off on it, and according to the Tuies, his biological mother was there also, that it happened when he turned 18 and just a couple of months before he attended Ole Miss. But there was certainly no disability in Falk. There was nothing to indicate that he could make his own decisions. So I don't know if he's got a leg to stand on in that. It seems like he might, but I don't see why the Tuies just didn't go ahead and dissolve it in the first place and get rid of it. There's no need to. He was signing his own contracts with the Ravens and whoever else he signed with. I don't think they were involved in all of this. So I don't, I don't see why this is such an issue now unless there's something there that we haven't heard about, which probably will come out eventually. Yeah, I would just say at this point, if your family, like if, if your kids came to you, and they needed money, I would assume under most circumstances, regardless of the status of your relationship, you would at least be open to the idea of helping out in a way that would keep them financially stable. I'm not saying you drop 15 mil on him, uh, on your son or, or whoever, but I seriously doubt they would go through the courts and and suggest that you're they're owed or entitled money that you made off their name. Now I know I'm, it's little apples to oranges here, but all I'm saying is if this is indeed a family matter, it seems like Michael Orr might have gone gotten a little bit further with the Tuies had he played the son card more than you're out to expose me and take advantage of my my uh, story, which you by the way have not portrayed accurately. Uh, card that's all i I just uh kill him with kindness don't 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 beat him over the head with a legal club makes sense to me what do i know i'm just a dad no 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 you're i'm just just a dad looking at a community trying to help well what you say is correct at least in our household and and even when my well kids grown up now if they've needed anything even if they don't want to ask we help them anyway so i'll never forget when they left totally out you know they were 18 and my wife said, no, no, you don't have to worry about them anymore. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Grandkids, uh, we, 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 like my parents helped me out whenever I needed it. So sure. it's a, it's a two way street. So, and, and I believe me, I would have never gone to court. Right. And so someone in the app said, well, what the bigger question is, how is the moron broke? Well, I, I don't, I don't have his financial records in front of me, but I think it's a valid question. Uh, that, and, and that might be one of the reasons why Maybe he tried to reach out and they and he wanted money and he's and they're like, dude, you just blew through thirty million. Why am I going to give you fifteen more or whatever? Just so you can turn around and blow it again? Yeah, and again and again, the other is there's so many layers to this, and this is why it's become such a big story. And now you have did you did you see some some of the people on the app that like Sandra Bullock should give back her uh, 
Oscar or whatever. Didn't she win something? I'm yeah, so social media is kind yeah. of going after Sandra Bullock and like yeah. blamed her. Yeah. Like yeah, she, she needs to give away enough, the Oscar. Yeah, she doesn't have enough issues on her play and she has to deal with stuff like this. But um, there, there's so many layers to the financial part of it. Uh, how much money did they get from the book, the Michael Lewis book? Did, in fact, the Tuies, as they claim, uh, everybody got an equal share? Were there any proceeds from the movie and you know, there's there's figures being thrown out, but apparently this attorney, and I don't remember the attorney for Michael Laura is the first one that's really gone forward with this. According to the Tuies, there have been others who started out trying to take the case, and they found out they had no leg to stand on. But again, I go back to that conservatorship, and I wonder two things: if Tuie had not gone Tuie, if Orr had not gone to Ole Miss, would this even be an issue? Because they wouldn't have had to go into the conservatorship because then uh, the, the the fact that uh, the Tuies were a booster would have been right. irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. Maybe if he had gone to Tennessee like Kathy Bates wanted him to. Or, or no, Kathy Bates tried to turn him away from. Or go to uh, LSU where yeah. Nick Saban. Nick would have taken care of him. Or Tom, sure. Wasn't Tommy Tuberville in the movie too? Tuberville was at uh, Auburn? Auburn. Houston Nutt was at Arkansas. I think Lou Holtz was at South Carolina. I'm trying to remember all the guys that were involved in that. But Ed Orgeron wins out. Yeah. Oh, Ed. That's a good impression, Lee. Thanks. Yeah, that was. I think that's the first time I've ever heard you do an Ed Orgeron. I was trying to clear my throat. Oh. That's what happened. Oh. Yeah, I was taking a drink of my flavored water. So we will continue to uh, uh, follow the uh, Tui slash Orgeron. Orgeron. Now I'm Michael, saying it. Michael, uh, thank or. you, though, for that nice... Uh, uh, tip because usually our board ops don't listen, so I appreciate that. Oh, you know, a board I'm, op I'm that listens. I'm locked in, man. Well, it's still the first week. Give him, a, give him a couple weeks. Give him a couple weeks. So, all right. So we got a lot going on today. Uh, we're going to talk to Andrew Spivey, our friend over at Gator Country. Uh, that'll be coming up here in about 15 minutes or so. You you mentioned it yesterday. Carter Bradley set to join us, the South Alabama quarterback, at seven o'clock. Uh, Brian Matthews will talk Auburn, uh, Chris Stewart on Alabama, and rumor has it, Chris was actually at the scrimmage. How about that? We'll, we'll, we'll test him on that. We'll yeah. see if he really was there. Uh, Carter Bradley's been named to another. He's been on four watches now. The, uh, another watch, Werfel watch, the Manning watch. He's on quite a few watches, and now he's on the NSP watch. Do you see where uh, Quinn Ewers is on the Manning watch list? Is, is is the uh, nephew on there, too? No, he's not. But Quinn is. You know what? That'll change, Mark. All right. Here comes your scoreboard traffic and weather. By the way, I'm beginning to wonder what the point is of Nick Saban having press conferences after practice. I've watched a couple consecutively now, and they're like eight, ten minutes, and you just don't learn anything. And I'm not saying it's just Alabama. But if we've gleaned anything, it's maybe things aren't going quite as well as Alabama fans would hope. Hey, everybody, this is Gabe Gross, and you're listening to WNSP 105.5. Marcelo Zuna hoping to keep that funk extended. Marcel puts a good swing on this to center. All right, 621, uh, thanks for getting up early with us. The opening kickoff continues right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Quick uh, reminder, tomorrow's the big day for the fall football preview party. We're at Heroes on Old Shell Road. Come on out and see us in Westmobile from 3 until 7. Everybody who's anybody that does uh, 
little football talk here on WNSP will be on the air in some form or fashion from 3 to 6, and then Pigskin and the boys take over from 6 to 7 to do their high school show. It ought to be a lot of fun. We've already got some folks that are coming out to uh, hang with us, Sherman Williams, Robert Brazil, uh, Richie Riley will be out there, uh, and some other uh, surprises as well. We have the mini man cave up for grabs. We've uh, All you got to do is come out and register. We're going to put your name in a box. We're going to pull your name. You have to be present, but up for grabs. We'll have the $1,800 rec recliner, thanks to Barrow Fine Furniture, and a 65-inch 4K uh, TV thanks to Bailey's TV and mattress, but you got to come out and hang with us in order to be there We're gonna we're gonna pull the name probably about 540 45 right before we kind of go off the air before pigskin gets in there So come on out and celebrate with us. We'll have free t-shirts and golf passes as well Now an update the uh, World Cup soccer semi England and Australia tied at one uh, There's about uh, well, they're at the 63 minute mark of course uh, Australia one of the host teams waiting to Whoever wins faces Spain. We heard the uh, audio cut on our Azuna's home run. When we get to 830 and Rich Semino, who covers the Jets for ESPN, I'm kind of curious his reaction to uh, New York baseball teams and how the, let's say, expectations of the Jets and Giants and New York fans who have nothing to cheer about with baseball because the Mets are out of the playoffs and it looks like the Yankees aren't going anywhere. And I can't remember the last time that these two New York teams either or we're out of the uh, playoffs at the same time, but we'll talk more about the uh, Jets and their new running back and, of course, Aaron Rodgers and Hard Knocks in about uh, two hours. Hey, I, so I have an NFL question for you guys. Bronner, get in on this. When was the last time? So Anthony Richardson, you mentioned the scoreboard, shocked. I mean, that's the word everybody's using, shocked he was named the starter. When was the last time we've heard a guy on an NFL roster come out and be legitimately surprised that he was named the starter at any point. He might have said that. I don't, it doesn't necessarily mean he actually believed it. Because it, it's kind of felt like for over a month now that it's been trending in the direction with Richardson specifically. And was this a coaching decision? Or I, I, was this, hey, th did the owner knock on the coach's door and say, bro, we just we just, we just draft this guy pretty high. Could have been both. He's be I mean, and, and the Colts are also terrible. You know, throw the guy out. <laughs> throw the guy out there. Let, I, I'm someone. I don't believe in the. You know, if you throw a guy out there and you know you can ruin him early and shake his confidence, like because if if you're gonna do that and believe, oh, uh, if you shake his confidence early, you can ruin him. Chances are he's not gonna be the guy anyway. You don't remember back to Jim Plunkett. Uh, well, that's a bit before my. I that know might who be Jim a little Plunkett bit before is. my time. Well, the Heisman win, uh, Trophy quarterback for the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, they went one and fifteen. They started him. It 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 almost ruined everything about him. And luckily, as his career went downhill, the Raiders picked him up off the scrap heap, and then he led them to a Super Bowl. But uh, it was very very bad. Remember Manning in his first year with the Colts? What were they one and fifteen or two and fourteen? Yeah, and he threw a bunch of picks. But eventually, I mean, you have to learn. I mean, eventually, like, and Peyton Manning was gonna be good and was gonna be the guy at some point anyway. You have to learn. Well, what's wrong in the, in the days when I first started following the NFL, the rookie quarterback would kind of be, you know, f he'd be on the sideline and he'd learn from the veteran that was out there. So I, I know it's changed. I really do. In fact, for the Colts, this is the eighth straight year 
that they've started a different quarterback <laughs> for the first game. That doesn't show much stability to me. I think it depends on the situation, too. Like, Mahomes sat his rookie year, and that was good for yeah, him. Yeah, but how many games did... Here's the thing with Richardson. It's not like he came out of college with a huge resume. What did he sure. start, 14 games? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's not a long It's not like It, it wasn't like point. he had a lot of games or anything like that, and he had his preseason debut, which a couple of series, and that's fine. You know, I mean, I don't you know, pay pick. much attention to that, but... The fact of the matter is he does not have that much experience. And if you want to throw in the towel for the year and say, okay, we're going with a starting quarterback. But to your point, I hope it doesn't uh, take away from his confidence and so forth, because if it does, then you've lost him. I think the better – see, you cited two really successful examples of guys that started early and ultimately it didn't impact their careers in a way that they shut down or you know got the yips or whatever – who are some of the guys that started their uh, rookie years? It was a complete disaster like the ones you just named, but then never, never really got over the hump. Like it, they got shell-shocked from that experience. Yeah, I don't, are, the, are, are those guys out there? There are guys there out there, but I, I don't remember if they started the first game. Achilles Smith comes to mind, uh, uh, the quarterback at Kentucky, Couch. But I don't know if they started – very few quarterbacks back then started that first game. In fact, there's very, very few. I don't remember lately if there's been a quarterback, and you can help me out on this. I just don't remember if they actually started game one. But today, it's they're doing it. They're, they're, they're throwing them out to the Wolves. Like I said, if, if it's a situation where you're – you get ruined by shaking confidence. Chances are you weren't going to be the guy anyway. Do you think Aaron Rodgers would have been any better had he started his first game back when, when Favre was quarterbacking? I, I, I mean, see, I don't. I, I don't necessarily think he would have been any better. Uh, I mean, I, I also think Aaron Rodgers is a top five to ten quarterback of all time. So how much better could he have been, you know? It was probably good for him to sit for. I'm trying for to remember, year. you know, I'm I'm trying to remember, but I can't. If even Joe Namath, when he was signed by the Jets for that enormous contract at four hundred thousand at the time, if he started the first game, or if they went with the uh, veteran and then Namath moved into the lineup later on, I'm not even sure he even started. I remember one time. Remember Johnny Unitas, Michael? <laughs> One of the yeah, greatest I, quarterbacks again, I know of who all Johnny time. Unitas is. Do I right. remember watching Johnny Unitas but never, play? But you never saw a video of him or film sure. or anything? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you know the backup for him was Gary Cuazzo, who okay. stayed on the bench for five or six years, never even got in? That's the way it was in the NFL back then. They didn't change quarterbacks. You're the starter. You stay. So Namath looked like in his first year back in 65, went uh, started nine games of 13, was 3-5-1. and one. All right, so now that he didn't start the first game, then I think they went with the veteran. I forget if it was Talaferro or something But I like would that. put him in the same grouping as the guys you cited, which are guys that started early and took their lumps early and still managed to get over that hump, right? So at this point, I think all we've proven in our very unscientific way is Play him. Throw the guy out there. Play him. I mean, if you're in a position to draft a quarterback high in the draft anyway, you're not going to be any good. Ultimately, it will wind up helping you and the organization down the road. Maybe not initially. Niners could have found out a lot earlier that Trey Lance stinks. <laughs> you wouldn't have wasted the past three years, two years. Good thing you're not his agent. 
You wouldn't have taken him, right, Bronner? You said, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm... Well, the Niners, if they had drafted Mac Jones, would be back-to-back -back Super Bowl champs oh, right boy. now. But, but that's another example of a guy who hardly played at all in college. Yes, he sat out the COVID year. All right, we come back. We'll talk to Andrew Spy via Gator Country. Stay with us. It's the opening kickoff. City could be our 10 minutes of fall, Lee Shervanian. Who's excited? Well, you know what? They always talk about the leaves falling in the fall. It never seems to be a problem in my yard. Leaves are always falling from the trees. Andrew Spivey <laughs> falls right into our lap now. He's with Gator Country. Andrew, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Doing good, Lee. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thank you. We talked at length about things to talk about, and the one thing I did not, and I'll ask you first off, so Anthony Richardson says he's shocked to start for the Colts. Are you shocked? Uh, no, I, I don't want to say I'm shocked. Uh, I, uh, I, I kind of expected that. Uh, you know, when, when they had drafted him, I, uh, the, the Colts front office had kind of said that, you know, they wanted to learn with uh, Anthony and that the only way for him to get better was for him to play. And so I kind of expected that a little bit. Uh, and, I mean, the Colts are rebuilding. I mean, did they want Minshew who – they kind of know as a career backup. Uh, so I, not a ton was I surprised. Uh, it's it's a growing pain that they're going to have with Anthony. He needs to start. That's going to be the only way for him to get better. And uh, for Anthony's sake, hopefully uh, the Colts are patient with him and, and give him that opportunity uh, to improve because we all know that he still only has started 13 games in his career. So what what's his legacy at Florida? down career I guess is the best way to say it uh, you know a, a guy who had a ton of upside and a ton of promise uh, maybe some unfair expectations being a Gainesville kid I mean uh, you know he's been a guy that since he was a freshman in high school uh, everyone's kind of known about because of you know he was 15 minutes from uh, campus you know everybody knew who Anthony Richardson was everybody heard about how of a phenomenal athlete he was about how you know he's a big kid who could run and do everything that Cam Newton could do that's what everyone kept saying so I think it's just an up and down career that never really panned out the way it should have been is it his fault I don't I don't think that it's all his fault I think Dan Mullen kind of did him a little bit of a dis disservice by not letting him play over Emory Jones when he was clearly better um, and then he had one year under Billy Napier and Billy gave him every opportunity and helped him improve and ended up getting him to be the number four pick in the draft what's the reaction in Gator country to the announcement that Wisconsin transfer Graham Mertz is going to start at quarterback yeah, not much surprise there. You know, when he, when he came in, he was kind of thought to be the, the leader and, and, and going to be the starter. Uh, we all seen what Jack Miller could do in the, in the bowl game, and, and that was not much. And it, it, he struggled a ton. Uh, and then Florida had Max Brown, who's a freshman, who ended up playing uh, baseball a little bit too 
uh, now as a, a redshirt freshman going into this year. And he's a guy who's gotten a ton better, uh, a guy that's impressed, probably the most in, improved player uh, offensively for this team. Uh, but everybody kind of knew that Graham Mertz was going to be the guy. It was just more of a question of, can Graham Mertz be the guy? And, and we're, we don't know the answer to that. We'll see uh, in the Utah game and going forward. He's a guy who had uh, double-digit interceptions the last two years. Florida can't afford that. They can't afford to turn the ball over. They need Graham Mertz to, to step up and be the guy now that he has been named the starter. When I was at uh, Sandestin for the uh, spring meetings, I actually did run into Billy Napier and asked him about Shamar James, the Faith Academy linebacker. He was very high on his talents, but I understand he's been out for a while. Is he back to practice? No, not back to practice yet. Florida's taking it really, really slow with Shamar. Shamar's a guy who Florida needs. He's one of their leaders on the uh, on the defensive side of the ball, and, and, and they love his leadership skills at that linebacker position. They're taking it slow with him, uh, kind of giving him every opportunity to be 100%, and then when he is 100%, giving him still that extra day or two uh, to be more than that and getting more mental reps and, and really just standing in at practice. Uh, if today was game day, he'd play, uh, absolutely. Uh, they're just taking it really slow with him. He's a guy that, that they they can't afford to let him come back too early for fall camp and re-aggravate something, uh, even though he's just a uh, sophomore on the field and, and just in year two. He's a leader that they can't afford to lose this year at that linebacker spot, so being extra careful for them is, is, is the number one goal right now. Andrew Spivey joins us from Gator Country. So sports, year in and year out, celebrations result in players being disabled for a year. Florida just had a player. I don't know how good he was, but I understand they lost a player, a defensive end for the year, because he celebrated during practice. Yeah, they had a scrimmage on Saturday, and uh, there was a, uh, a, a defensive end, Justice Boone, who uh, was kind of projected to be uh, one of their starters, and uh, it's kind of going to be a rotating. Uh, it was going to be a rotating spot anyway uh, at that defensive and outside linebacker spot. Uh, he was celebrating a sack of uh, the quarterback and in the scrimmage, which it, it's not even a sack because the quarterbacks aren't live. So I guess he two and a touched him, and uh, he was celebrating a sack afterwards and tore his ACL, and he'll now miss the entire season. He'll, he'll be back next season, and, and it's a blow for Florida because at that spot they were a little, you know, shallow on depth, uh, or, or at least let me say quality depth. Uh, so it'll be a guy they'll miss. So let me get this right. So he celebrated sacking a quarterback, even though you can't tackle him. Yep, that's exactly right. Good. And uh, I, I think that is uh, 2023 uh, in a nutshell. That yeah, you know, we we celebrate uh, sacks and in practice, and um, yeah, now he's going to miss the entire year. Uh, Andrew, for who those who don't remember, is and Mary G. Montgomery alum. And let's go closer to home. How about your Vikings? Top 10 preseason wins. Do you ever remember them being in the top 10? The last time I remember being in the top 10 is, is with Scott Leslie when they were 4-0, headed to take on the Daphne Trojans uh, at 20, 2009, I, I believe was the year. Uh, that's the last time I remember. And uh, before that, it was uh, Maurice Calhoun and those guys in 03 when – uh, they went in, in the playoffs to actually take on Daphne and uh, lost after uh, hosting them at home. And 
So uh, first time in a long time. And, uh, so glad to see Zach Golson and those guys get it. And uh, hopefully the community keeps supporting Zach and can, can get him going. I, I Gets back to the playoffs. Uh, you know, maybe win a region for Zach. No pressure, Zach, but uh, bring it home for the Vikings. All right, uh, Andrew does a really good job on recruiting also. So what are you hearing about recruiting in the greater Mobile area? What, what's the latest? Give me an update. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good year uh, overall. And I say a good year that the 25 classes is where, you know, all the juice is really with, with K.J. Lacey and Hollywood Williams and Coleman from Sarah Land, uh, the defensive lineman as well. And I think the biggest thing that kind of everybody's watching, even though he's an Alabama commit, is Ryan Williams, Hollywood, really reclassified that 2024 class. You know, that's kind of the buzz around college football recruiting right now is really really reclassify and you know I, i've said this I've, I've said this on multiple shows multiple places around i think hollywood williams is one of the best players in college football no matter the the uh, the year in the classification 2024 if he reclassifies he'll be one of the best players there so i think that's the biggest thing to watch uh we all know alabama's looking to kind of reload at that receiver spot and you know, we, you get a guy like Hollywood to reclassify the 2024, that'd be a huge boost for them. All right. Are you saying he's coming out after his junior year? I, I, it's definitely a possibility that we continue to hear that he could uh, reclassify, that uh, he was, you know, taking some classes to be able to do that and to leave after his junior year. And I think that's something we'll continue to monitor over the next couple of months to see, it, did he finish everything? Is he able to do that? And uh, if he does, it's going to kind of send some shockwaves. Andrew Spivey, our guest here on WNSP. WNSP. Before I let you go, uh, look into your crystal ball. We spent a lot of time on the Johnny Manziel documentary when it came out. Compelling stuff. Will we be having similar conversations next week when Swamp Things gets released? Lee, delete my number because I don't think I want to talk about it whenever it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've heard that it's going to uh, it's going to be wild. I've, I've heard there's going to be some things that nobody really knew, and I've heard there's going to be some things that uh, Florida fans probably uh, aren't going to be very proud of with it, and then there's going to be some things they are proud of with it. It's definitely going to be interesting. I, I'll be honest, I'm looking forward to it after seeing the Johnny Manziel thing and, and how in-depth they really went with it. I, I'm really interested to see because we've all heard the different things that happened at Overmire. I mean, we all know it. It's well documented, the Aaron Hernandez stuff, uh, you know, Carlos Dunlap falling asleep before the SEC championship game, uh, Percy Harvin being suspended multiple times, and, and then the legacy of Tim Tebow as well. I, I think we're all interested to see, but we're, we're definitely hearing that there are some things in there that are crazy. And um, We've even heard that there are some players who have asked to redo their interview because they think that the, the way Netflix portrayed them uh, was a little too harsh or not the right way. How do you think they're going to portray Urban Meyer? Uh, a guy without control. Um, that's basically what we've heard. And, you know, to be fair, that's kind of the way Urban Meyer was. Uh, he was a guy that didn't have a lot of control. Uh, it was, you know, do whatever you want to do. Just make sure you're here on game day and make sure you win. And, uh, you know, had no rules kind of kind of coach. And, uh, you know, as bad as that is to say, that's kind of how Urban Meyer was from what I'm told. I wasn't, I wasn't covering the team during that time, so I'm not 100% sure how accurate that is, but that's just what I've been told. And 
I, I believe that's how it's going to be portrayed. So the bigger question might be, how does Tebow get portrayed? Is, is Tebow still col- the, the, po- the poster boy for college football at the end of this documentary? I mean, I've never heard anything that would tell me he wasn't. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, I've talked to multiple people and been around multiple people, including some people even with the Jaguars when he was there. And I, I don't know that. I don't know that Tim Tebow's a fake person that has, you know, made up things and isn't who he is. Tim Tebow is one of the most genuine people out there. And, um, you know, I guess could he be portrayed as not doing as much as he should have? Maybe. But I don't think it's going to come out where you see him partying and drinking and things like that. That's that's not who he is uh, by any means, shape, or form. Hey, uh, you mentioned about Harvin being uh, suspended. Was Aaron Hernandez suspended at all, or was he suspended a lot? I do not believe, right off the top of my head, Lee, that Aaron Hernandez was ever suspended. Um, yeah, I know they looked into uh, one of the supposedly bar fights that ended up you know, having someone's life in, but I, to my knowledge, uh, he was never suspended because he was never convicted of that. That didn't really come out uh, majorly until he was with the Patriots. So I do not believe Aaron Hernandez was ever suspended at Florida. Uh, I have to double-check that, but I don't believe so. All right, before I let you go, uh, expectations, Florida Gators this year, what would be a good record for them after their, what, 6-6 six and six record a year ago or whatever it was? Yeah, I mean, 7-5, and 8-4, and four, I think would be amazing for them. Uh, biggest thing for, for Billy Napier is to show growth, um, even if that doesn't show on the record, but uh, to continue, continue to show growth. They, they right now have a top three recruiting class in the country, one of the best in the country, and quarterback D.J. Lagway is leading that way. Uh, they want to finish strong, and some of those guys are looking to see how this season goes. They need to show that this offense, even if the grand merge isn't the answer, that they that they have growth, that what they can do, and then defensively they got to show growth under new defense coordinator Austin Armstrong to keep some of those guys. So uh, more so than than results on the field, just showing that they're they're heading in the right direction as a program. That Billy Napier has things going in the right direction. Um, that his players are buying into him. That, that's more uh, importantly, but they can't go six and six or five and seven. I think that would hurt the recruiting class a little bit. So seven and five, eight and four, and, and you're looking at a really good year and heading into a 2024 season. That expectations will be a little bit higher. Andrew, we always appreciate you coming aboard, man. It's been far too long. It's great to have you back. We'll be following you on Twitter or X or whatever it is at Andrew Spivey GC and of course GatorCountry.com. Have a great one, man. We'll be in touch. Thanks, guys. You too. How crazy would this week have been that? Less than seven days after the Tui or fairy tale blows up, that Tim Tebow is somehow characterized completely different than the way we've always known him. I don't think that's going to be the case, by the way. Yeah, like a running mate with Aaron Hernandez, how how they terrorize the Gainesville community. Yeah, I just... Our college football world would just implode. All right, hey, when we come back... How about a chance for some fried deliciousness? Uh, Chick-fil-A chance for you and Carter Bradley at 7 o'clock. Stay with us. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station WNSP.
Chris Samuels. You're listening to WNSP 105.5. Roll Tide. And God bless. Chick-fil-A. I could eat there seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play. Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A. All right, 651, here's your daily dose of uh, fried deliciousness. Here you go, Lee Shervaney, what you got for the folks? We go back in history on this one. I want to know who was the first Major League Baseball player to hit a World Series home run in Yankee Stadium, and it occurred in 1923, and it was not Babe Ruth. <laughs> and a hint, it was a uh, former Yankee manager who accomplished that feat. The first home run in a World Series game at Yankee Stadium. The Yankee Stadium, I think, was what, built in 1921 or 22 or something like that. So this was 1923. You said it it's occurred. not Babe Ruth. Don't call me and say Babe Ruth. All right, so, so we're asking a trivia question for all you historians. That took place 100 years ago. Literally 100 years ago. All right. One story we have yet to mention, but I do want to mention, uh, since we are certainly very active with the Senior Bowl, the Reese's Senior Bowl. So they sent out a release yesterday, Mark. They've reached an agreement with the NFL Players Association to be the presenting sponsor of the game's 75th anniversary celebration. What really caught my attention besides that was the fact they're going to have kickoff at noon because usually it's around 1.30 or so. Uh, Jim Nagy will join us uh, tomorrow. I think he's off now. I think yesterday he got in touch with me. He's at the TCU practice yesterday. But we'll talk about that. There's going to be a fan voting online to bring in some of the great players that have been in this game. Uh, they already had the, uh, the the naming of the 75th anniversary team. This is going to be a little bit different. So it's going to be a week-long activity, great players coming back. I'll let him explain all the details of that uh, tomorrow. All right, so Carter Bradley is going to join us at the top of the hour. Brian Matthews, he covers Auburn at 730. Chris Stewart, he was at the uh, Alabama scrimmage. He's going to join us at 8 o'clock. So we got lots going on here. So I was watching – and you've seen more press conferences, especially this time of year, than you can remember. There's just nothing there. Uh, and I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not I'm not being, you know, negative towards there's just there's just nothing there. Uh Saban's not gonna give anything. I get the sense that the guys at the press conference are very careful about what they ask so they don't set him off. He talked for eight or ten minutes, and he's harping on a lot of the same things that concern me if I'm an Alabama fan about the mentality and where this team is uh, as far as a leadership standpoint. You know, I'm glad I'm not a beat reporter anymore. And, you know, back in my day in New Jersey, I had to cover board of education meetings and uh, basically council meetings, and I found them not to be too exciting but press conferences, football press conferences, baseball, they're, they're right up there. We've become an, so vanilla, and they don't want to give out any information whatsoever. I don't know why. I mean, I, I would think it would be kind of behoove them to come out in a little, you know, little nugget, a little something that people who cover the team can go with, you know, run with, get, get a story or a headline. But you're right. Very little coming out. Even, you know, let's let's go to Auburn. Hugh Freeze, he doesn't say anything. Right. Basically, everything's privacy, this or that. He hasn't really come out. And, in fact, the other day, he says, you know, 
I really thought we were going to be down to two quarterbacks. We're still at three. Yeah. Okay. So like, okay, what what gives? Well, at you least that was some news. I mean, that's that's legit news that people want to hear about. I keep hearing out of Tuscaloosa about leadership or a void there in leadership and how many leaders do we have and and the, the bigger question Saban says is do we have guys that need leadership if we don't need it, the fewer guys that need leadership the the less we need leaders like it's all about I feel like there's this void right now in Tuscaloosa that he's trying to fill and as of right now there hasn't been a whole lot of success well, in that area isn't it true though that what he says to the media is what he says to the players. So he goes, he talks to the players, says the same jumbo talk like that, and then he comes in and says the same thing to the media. And really, right, which how do you tells interpret me there's that? no. Well, you're he's he's frustrated. I, I think right now, if you listen to what he says and how he says it, I think he's incredibly frustrated with this group. For for the for the reasons we just laid out, I, I don't think there's leadership. I think there are guys that aren't concentrating, that are aren't focused on doing the right things in practice day in and day out. And it could be, man, it's hot. He's tired. He's been at it for a while. It's still early in practice, and it'll wind up getting fixed. But everything I got from yesterday's press conference seems like uh, uh, well, there's a know. lot. There's still plenty of work ahead. Well, that's right, and you still have weeks to go because you can't make trades. You can't trade with other programs. You're you're stuck with what you got. So you better find some leaders. We got a winner over there, Elvis. For, first, caller. my man. First caller. And you guys, got it. you, Michael, told me that nobody would ever get that. I, You know, credit well, to you, Lee. You know what? I didn't think anyone would. It's going to take a minute, all right? Michael's like that rookie quarterback that just gets thrown into the fire. This, our listening audience in the morning, it's not a shot at the afternoon, guys. <laughs> I'm simply it saying like it. <laughs> it's there. There's a, they, a deeper sense of. What's the word? More sports knowledge on the morning or what? Not necessarily more. Just uh, there's just seasoned veterans that listen in the morning. Guys, Elvis calls in the afternoon. I, I'm not unfamiliar with him. So don't get defensive now. I'm not. I'm well, simply I'm, saying. I've switched sides. I'm not getting defensive. Well, Michael, here. if you thought he was being disrespectful, wait until the next thing I have to say to you. But oh boy, the answer oh wow. was Casey Stengel. The former Yankee skipper was the first, and it was in inside the park home run. Elvis, congratulations. So, Michael, you are branded as Mr. Podcast for football, right? NFL? The Shield, I baby. I don't know if anyone's called me Mr. Podcast. Well, you are. You, sure. I hear these promos. Yeah. You go on the air and you entice people to listen to your podcast because you come across as an expert. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So when I ask you if you've ever heard of, like, Johnny Unitas. Yes, I said I've, I I know who Johnny Unitas is. I can't I control mean, the fact I never saw Johnny Unitas play. What do you want me to do, build a time machine? Yeah. Now we're talking. 1947, I was born. I still heard of Sammy Ball and Sid Luckman. I mean, I know, I know the history of the NFL. I know who Sammy Ball is. All right. Well, you, I know who Sid Luckman is. Again, I've, I, I haven't seen the guys play. Doesn't what do you matter. want me to do? If you come across as a podcaster and you come across as an expert, you should do research. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I, mean, uh, I know who these people are. I, I don't know what you want me to do. Um. By the way, uh, we got a couple people saying the answer to the trivia question was indeed Shoeless Lee Shervanian. That is <laughs> inaccurate. 
I don't wear shoes. So they're right. It is shoeless. Not on the bus, you don't. No, I don't wear shoes. It's strictly sneakers. Mm. Very good. They're right. Wait, shoes and sneakers are different? To me. When I see shoes, I think of footwear shoes. I don't think of sneakers. We hit we hit some hard-hitting topics yes, on this Yes, we show. do. Thanks to Mark. Uh, yep. All right. Carter Bradley is next right here on the Sports Station WNSP. the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Hey, welcome in. 7.04, hour number two on a Wednesday edition our seven minutes of fall right now. Go outside and enjoy the fresh air in a cool, crisp, what is it, 76 degrees an hour, whatever it is, I'm guessing. Lee, you got to bundle up, man. It's as cold as it's been well, in I weeks. Got, I dragged the sweatshirt out. Yeah, it's always freezing in the uh, control room for sure. In fact, our computer froze up, according to Michael. How about that? There you go. Uh, you mentioned earlier about the uh, Manning Award that the uh, nephew is not on the Manning Award, but we got somebody who is on the award watch list. Our okay. friend Carter Bradley, the quarterback of the South Alabama Jags. Carter, good morning. How are you today? Good morning. Doing great. Doing great. How are you guys? You know, we always enjoy having you on. It, it's, it's terrific and, and really looking forward to your career progressing. Now, how many how many watch lists are you on? At least four now, I think. I think so. I don't know. I don't get too caught up in that, but you know, it's definitely uh, a blessing and it's, you know, my hat goes off to the guys around me and, you know, coach Applewhite because they allowed me to be on that list for, uh, you know, the things they did last year. So um, it's exciting, definitely, but I'm looking forward to the season. Carter, but let me ask you something. This era of South Alabama uh, football, they're getting votes for the top 25. No, they're not in it yet, but they're getting a vote here and there. Now you got a quarterback who's making all these watch lists. So don't you feel kind of a, a little twinge of pride, you know, that you're ushering in a new era? Yeah, I, I think definitely you can look at it from that aspect and say, you know what, uh, you know, the work that we did, you know, last year got us to this point. But, you know, it's not good enough. You know, you got to look at it, be excited about it, but you got to kind of keep your head down and keep working. All right, you compare this start of uh, fall practice with last year's start of fall practice and where you stand. Um, I, I was just talking to someone about this um, yesterday. I think, uh, you know, you look at last year and you look at this year, I think this year the defense is moving a whole lot faster. They're a whole lot more confident in, you know, their calls. And when we move into different formations, um, you know, the, the D-line is unbelievable. I think the back end of things from that, that aspect is, you know, those guys understand what their role is and they're not giving up explosives. Um, so with the ones, I think in our offense is taking what they give us. What we have to do is, you know, establish a run game and get that thing going. And I think, you know, offensively it's been a whole, whole lot more smooth than I feel like 
you know, last fall camp. Um, just because we've had a season under our belt, I understand kind of what Coach Applewhite wants to do and, you know, his vision in things. Um, but I think overall it's been it's been a physical, it's been a hard-nosed camp. Uh, guys are getting after it. Um, but it's been exciting. It's been fun. Carter Bradley's our guest here on WNSP. Uh, Carter, thanks for jumping aboard with us. I guess I would ex- uh, describe this time of year as a as a bit of a grind. How taxing is it physically versus maybe the mental aspect of it? Right? It's it's hot. There's a lot to kind of digest there. If guys are kind of feeling their way, I know the games are coming, but they're still down the road a bit. How difficult, or has it ever been difficult for you to kind of stay focused, or the guys to stay focused at this time of year, uh, trying to get ready for the season? Yeah. Um... And that's what Coach Womack preaches every day is complacency. And, you know, we can't get into that mode. And you got to handle your business like a pro. It's like go in there, get your body rolled out, you know, do what you have to, get in the ice baths, get in the, you know, the hot tub, do what you need to do because once your body starts hurting, it will turn into a mental thing. And, you know, you can't have that during fall camp. But, you know, I'm just glad football's back. I'm excited. I'm ready to throw this football around. So I'm a little bit different than probably other guys. But, um, I love fall camp. I love being in here with the guys. You know, I love the ups and downs of it. Um, but, yeah, just handling your business from a, from a physical standpoint will definitely help you from a mental standpoint. And then just kind of going every day, you know, making sure you're watching the installs at night, going back in early in the morning, watching your installs again, drawing it up on the board, and then going into meetings. I mean, you're just helping yourself prepare uh, for the day to have success. Do you ever get rattled? Uh, I mean, here and there. I mean, Coach Applewhite definitely tries to, you know, rattle me, but I don't think it's uh, too often. <laughs> so, in other words, in the, a huddle or something happens on the field in the game, uh, you stay cool, calm, collected. Is that fair? Yeah. I think, um, you know, the things that I do, um, you know, before the game or, or before practice really help me and allow me to be at peace, I think my preparation, but also I think my faith helps me just to kind of go into it with a calm mind and a calm body. And You know, I don't feel like I'm ever too high or ever too low, um, but I'm definitely, you know, very, you know, high and, and intense guy. But, yeah, I don't feel like, you know, there's a moment where I freak out or anything like that. So what does Major do to try to try to shake you, to, to, to unnerve you? Is it something he says or something he does? Oh, it's just like, you know, just – you know, him playing games, you know, with Dez and throwing him in there. I think we had a quarterback run the other day where he put Dez in there just to see my reaction. And I was like, man, I put all this weight on to, to be 224, 225 before the season. I can't get a QB run kind of deal. But it was all laughs. It was all good, hearted spirit stuff. So so what happens if the left tackle misses a block and you get sacked? And I, I, I guess in practice, you, they can't sack you, right? They can only touch you? Yeah. But let's say yeah. in a game, though, I mean, I mean, I went to a game last year, the Tulane, uh, not the Tulane, the uh, Troy game, and there was pressure on you. So what happens? Do you ever say anything or you just let it go? you got to get the ball out faster, right? I mean, if you get sacked, you could have probably gotten the ball out faster. Something probably maybe you could watch back on film. I could have probably helped out with protection. Um, you know, I always look at my job first and seeing how I could have helped the situation out first. Um, but sometimes you got to look at it like that stuff's going to happen in football. You're going to get beat at some points. I'm going to get beat at some points. 
Um, but it's not about that. It's about how fast you can react. And, you know, I feel like the really good ones can bounce right back and just kind of put their mind at next play, and that's basically it. All right, Carter, back up a second because you said you put on a bunch of weight. How'd you do it? Eat. You got to eat. But mm. I, here's the thing. I'm good at I that, Carter. Eat. Like, I, I'm not the guy who just throws everything that he sees in his body. Like, I make sure, like, I'm eating, you know, I'm a big rice and chicken or steak and chicken kind of guy. Um, so just as many meals as possible, clean smoothies, making sure I'm, I'm drinking lots of water is basically the biggest thing. Um, but I don't eat, you know, I don't eat fried food. I don't eat color. I don't drink colored drinks. Uh, you know, I'm just, I feel like I'm very clean and, and it's good weight too. Oh, oh, you see, that's where you and I differ. You put on good weight. <laughs> I, I just put on weight. So Carter, how do you, I go out and I'll cut the grass. I come in and I lose two pounds. How do you, how do you put weight on it after practice, after you're in that heat that you're out there for an hour and a half or whatever? Yeah. I mean, just, you know, make sure we're getting water in us. Make sure, you know, you're getting that weight back just by eating what you need to. A lot of carbs. Um, I mean, just kind of going at it like a pro. You got you to get that weight back. And, you know, if you're anything short, you're not going to practice the next day. That's for sure. They're going to hold you back. But uh, it's definitely a challenge, but it's just part of the game. and You got to embrace it. So what's the one food that you have to eat in order to get to that and maintain that weight that you can't you can't stand, you despise it? Is there a food you have to eat that you just don't like? Um, not really, because all I really eat is rice and chicken. Like, I'm so <laughs> used to that now. I just down it. I'm good. I like pastas. I'm good with that. Pastas really helped me kind of keep my weight on. Um, yeah, I'm not really too picky in that aspect. What's your favorite snack? Ooh. See, I could go like a protein shake and like a good peanut butter and jelly or like a banana and peanut butter. Like, that's definitely a good go-to for me. All right. Now, Carter, this is this is a hot take by me. I, I It gets met with a lot of resistance, but I'm kind of a crunchy peanut butter guy. Are you crunchy or creamy? See, it's a great option to go to when you've been eating a lot of creamy peanut butter. So there'll be times where I'll go maybe a month two months of just eating straight crunchy peanut butter so i feel like it's definitely underrated um and i honestly i think i need to eat it more so you might be just bringing you know something up where i need to go to the store today and go get some crunchy peanut butter yeah. but i'm a big fan just follow me on social media for more health tips carter i, I, got, I got you thank you very much i appreciate that <laughs> we're talking with carter bradley he's been named a four watch list the manning list included so okay, what what do you uh, what's in store today at the practice field, and what does Kane Womack or the staff do to kind of put pizzazz into practice to to every day make it a little bit different? What what, what do you got going today? Yeah, so tonight it's a night. It's a, we're going to a, like a night practice just for you know uh, you know punt returners, um, just kind of a different vibe. Maybe when we go to Tulane, we can you know understand what it's going to be like there under the lights. Uh, just kind of put that situation in. We got some backed up situations tonight. How are we going to, you know, get out of those? Uh, make sure we're handling it right. And then just um, some more live situations, just, you know, continuing to protect the ball. Um, you know, make sure our run checks are good, protection, stuff like that. Do you think of yourself as a good team leader? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, any quarterback on their team thinks, you know, that. And I think, you know, I feel like I have a great relationship with everybody on the team. And, you know, that was the biggest thing when I came in is I want to have a, a great relationship with everybody and, you know, learn how everybody kind of 
moves and what their why is. So I feel like I've gotten to know a lot of people and understand what their what their why is on this team. I feel like I can, you know, help them in any way possible and kind of get them going. Um, yeah. You mentioned earlier about Tulane. They, they're 24th in the AP. Are you glad to see them in the top 25? Hey, it, they could be first. They could be 130th. It doesn't matter to me. They're week one. Um, but I'm excited. Definitely, I think them at 24 puts a little, you know, more flair to their name. But to me, they're just, you know, Tulane Green Wave, and we got to go in and be our best. Hey, give me a name of one of your teammates on offense that we're going to be talking a lot about this season that maybe we're not talking enough about right now. Shoot, there's a lot of names I could give you. But, um, you know, one that kind of stands out who's been doing really well in, in practice is Kentrell Bullock, the transfer from Ole Miss, yeah. running back. I mean, he's explosive. He can run. He definitely adds something to our run game. Um, I think that whole room has definitely taken the next step. I think the the receiver room, Javon Ivory, he's he's been looking smooth. He runs. Um uh, Anthony Eager, I think he he's got an opportunity this year as a freshman to come in and, and play some ball. So I think there's a lot of names that you're going to be spitting out this year, um, but it's all going to be good for good. All right, your favorite Kane Womack moment so far this uh, this fall. Ooh, this fall, this this last fall or this fall camp. This fall camp. I think it actually happened last night. I think it happened last night. So, Kane, we're not supposed to have anything on our lockers. Well, Kane sent me a picture of two towels on my locker and, like, a water bottle in my, in my you know, my uh, helmet headspace. And I'm like, I swear I left it clean. Like, I'm very clean freak, like, whatever. And, I'm, and I actually gave one of our walk-ons two of my towels yesterday just to hold them for me um, in our last period because they were soaked. Well, I, th- I thought he might have put them uh, in my locker and hung them there because that's a big thing is make sure your locker's clean. And he FaceTimed me last night just bawling, laughing, just crying because he knew, like, I mean, that stuff is so important to me. So I think, you know, last night was definitely one of my favorite moments that me and him have had this fall camp. Carter, great stuff. We always enjoy having you on. Uh, we extend an invitation to you, sir. Uh, tomorrow, our fall football preview party will be on location tomorrow afternoon at Heroes right around the corner from you on Old Shell. Come on by and say hi. Awesome. We'll do. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yep. Have a good one. That's Carter Bradley, ladies and gentlemen. He might have yes, practiced. Sir, thank you. Yep. I don't, know if it, I don't know what his practice schedule is, but whatever. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll write him a note. Lee, can you write him a note? Excusing, excusing. If he can read by handwriting. Uh, well, that, that might be it. R- write a note to Kane excusing Carter from practice. All right, we come back. Uh, I guess we're doing a scoreboard here? Yes, yes. big-time scoreboard yeah, big coming time. up. Big time. Huge yes. scoreboard here. Traffic take, and take weather. Uh, your call's next right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Hi, I'm Bobby Humphrey. And when I'm in Mobile, I'm listening to WNSP FM 105.5. I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden. <laughs> 
Welcome back in the opening kickoff. Where's Nick when you need him? Wow. Yikes. Were we supposed to have a Nick Saban cut? He he got bounced for Ringo? Did he get bounced for Ringo? He, He did. Wow. All right. See, Nick, you know your place. Well, we, uh, did you see what, by the way, where Nick Saban was, uh, talking about how he doesn't dance? I mean, he, he doesn't do karaoke, he dances, but do you know why? Yeah. That's how he got the ladies back in That's the day. Right. That's what he said. He said they went to the, what, every other Saturday, a, a dance? Yeah. So all. he can't, he's not a karaoke singer, and I can sympathize with him there. I couldn't do that either, but I can't dance either, but. He learned to dance well. Back in the day in West Virginia, there were only three things you could do, he said. And I said, oh, this is going to get good. Only three things. They can't be good. Well, you hang down by the river was one. Uh, you go to the movie, the one movie theater that played the same movie for like a month at a time. Or every other Saturday at the firehouse, they had dances. So he's like, if you wanted dates, you had to know how to dance. And so apparently, Nick Saban was quite the ladies' man back in the day. Well, he was a football star at his high school. That helps. Yeah. So uh, pump gas gets to meet everybody came through the gas station. Yeah. So uh, Nick Saban, quite the dancer, right? So it, it, he he often goes viral because he's doing the shuffle or, or the wobble or whatever. The wobble. So he uh, can you do the wobble? Uh, I don't or do know. you even know what it is? I know what it is. I don't. I probably. I I guess I could learn how to do it if if. If that was a thing, I, I have no interest. I'm not. I can't dance. What about you, Bronner? Uh, is that I, how? Is I, that? I don't have a lot of rhythm. No rhythm. Not a lot. No. Okay. Well, we're we're a talented bunch here on the opening kickoff. Uh, you guys can jump in six nine four one zero five five is the number. We're gonna talk some Auburn next with Brian Matthews. I'm a good singer. Uh, really? Yeah. Do the Chick Fil A theme. No. Let's hear you do that. Oh. Uh, I can't on command. I just wanted to put that out there. That you're a good singer? Yeah. Like what what is your uh what's your go to song? What's in the bag there? Mm. Dude, I rip out a good like Simple Man, Leonard Skinner. Okay. Maybe like you know, a song like Come Sail Away, Sticks. Okay. I rip that out. It'd be pretty good. All right. Like uh, in public or are you like a shower guy? That, I'm a that came out I'm wrong. Yeah, I take showers from time to time. Uh, I'm a big car singer. Okay. Not maybe not at five in the morning when I'm driving here, but like you know. What compelled you to play Ringo there instead of Nick Saban? Uh, do you want like the producer's truth behind that yes. question? Yes. The, the fact that it was you asked for a clip that didn't really exist in the fine quickly common frame. Well, you don't understand when I put that in. You can take anything you want from Nick's press conference. Oh, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna have. Nick. You're gonna hear Nick. All a right. Bit. I mean, I want the public to hear the exciting news conference. Well, you got, that Nick, we you got get. Nick on the schedule later. And, and but I just got. So I, much we, we just did a segment about where Nick Saban. There's nothing in those press conferences though. In fact, I would argue if you're an Alabama fan, aren't you concerned with some of the things that Nick Saban's talking about? Not really. Why not? There's no leadership. You know, it's August. Don't you want there to be a leader? This is a top five program. I think these are just Nick Saban, August quips. You know, he needs something to talk about. But if Nick Saban is basically telling the 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 media folks what he tells those guys at practice, which is what I think Travis had mentioned, 
I think there are more issues than aren't right now with that with that Alabama team. I know Don't you enjoy so that ring, Don't be pessimistic. You're right. Michael's right on. They are the greatest football program in the history of the world. That's what I want to hear. They will shock the world and go undefeated. I mean, mean, mean they are. Right. All right. With that said, we're going to talk Auburn next. Are you okay with that, Bronner? Yeah. Come sail away. within the offense and get and take what you should take on a given play with the ball. All right, 7.32, welcome back in. That's the voice of Auburn coach Hugh Freeze. Welcome back into the opening kickoff. Mark Lee, Michael Bronner in the house. The house is WNSB. That was uh, Michael Warr's high school coach. Indeed it was. All right, let's talk to Brian Matthews, Auburn Sports. Now, they did present the uh, assistant coaches to be interviewed yesterday, Brian, I believe. How did that go? It went really well. I really like Auburn's um, staff of assistant coaches, and I got to spend most of my time sitting down with the um, offensive line coach, uh, and uh, I thought he did a really good job and learned a lot about um, you know what I think is the most improved unit uh, on the entire team. Okay, why don't you identify, because I'm sure there's some of us out there like myself who are not familiar with some of the coaches. So who would that be, the offensive line coach? Yeah, that's Jake Thornton, uh, coach at Ole Miss uh, last season. I don't know where he was. He was at Ole Miss for a couple of seasons or not. But uh, he, um, one thing I thought was interesting said was that um, he felt like um, Auburn's running game was really looking good. And he mentioned Demario Austin as a guy that's in, as explosive a running back as he's ever been around. And, of course, he was around the SEC's leading rusher last year. So I think that says a lot about um, – what DeMarie Austin's done uh, during this camp and going back to the spring and um, the improvements his staff has made, you know, up front with the offensive line, too. Cadillac Williams spoke, did he? And if so, what did he have to say? No, I wasn't at his table. Uh, we kind of spread out. So um, I don't have a lot of great insight for what uh, Caddy said, but um, I know he talked a lot about uh, trying to compare um, Jacques Hunter and DeMarie Austin to. Cadillac and Ronnie, but I just don't think that's a really good comparison. <laughs> uh, I think it's more like Cadillac and, and Cadillac, right? I don't. I think either of those guys are Ronnie Brown type. Brian Matthews, our guest here on WNSP. Did my ears fail me, or at the press conference after the scrimmage, was it your question that resulted in the Hugh Freeze quote about the quarterback situation? Um, I know I asked about quarterbacks. What quote are you talking about? About how uh, you was. know he went in walking. He went went in the scrimmage thinking it was two, but now it's back to three. I'm yeah. paraphrasing. Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> I'm kind of old. Time. I don't <laughs> no, yeah, Brian, I it was right. we had uh, actually heard your but, voice uh, on it. Yeah, it was your question. We, yeah, we we went out to um, practice yesterday and got to see the quarterbacks for the first time since the scrimmage. And it was pretty clear that uh, Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford were one two uh, in the first little drill we watched. And we only watched some simple, you know, non-contact drills and warm-ups uh, stretching. So it's not like we're seeing them go, you know, 11 on 11 or anything. But the, in that first drill, it went uh, Peyton, Robbie, and then Holden, and then they split up and the, the offense split up into two two teams and went on opposite sides of the field. 
and on one side of the field was uh, Peyton and Robbie, and on the other was Holden and the other quarterbacks. And uh, with Peyton and Robbie in that in that uh, blitz and blitz pickup drill, it went uh, Robbie and then Peyton. So uh, it seems to me, while it's not official, that they credit to uh, Peyton and Robbie and probably let those guys compete for the next week or so, and then pick us up. They let you watch that much? <laughs> I mean, that was 30 minutes, so yeah, and after that was stretching, so I wouldn't call it that much, but yeah, we were in there. Brian Matthews from Auburn Sports. So uh, when we talk about the offensive line, is, a, is this unit pretty well set now, or are there still changes to be made? I think there's still competition going on, but I have a pretty good idea who the starters will be. Uh, Dylan Wade, the Tulsa transfer, is definitely going to be the start left tackle. He's been a really good addition. He's probably Auburn's best overall offensive lineman and most likely to, to play on the next level uh, type guy. I think at uh, left guard beside him, uh, it's going to be um, Jeremiah Wright probably. But Jay Johnson and him are competing pretty close right now. they got two guys that feel really good about, two experienced guys. Uh, at center, definitely after Jones, the um, the Appalachian State transfer. I'm going to be East Carolina transfer. Uh, yeah, I think it's Carolina, but he's, he's been terrific uh, since coming to camp. Really nice pick up at center. And if you like the true freshman, Connor Lou is going to be a great player in the future. He'll be his primary backup this year, so you feel great about that position going forward. Left guard, uh, from talking to Jake Thornton, uh, Cam Stutz has stepped up. He was the first guy I mentioned when I asked him about the guards. And it sounds like Cam is pretty much won that starting job over there. So, great for him. He's a six-year senior. I have a story coming out on him, but I think I, I wrote three head coaches, six offensive coordinators, and I think four offensive line coaches in his career at Auburn. So, he's been through it a little bit. And uh, I'm sure he's really excited with this opportunity to be the starter. And then all the way over at right tackle, Gunnar Britton, uh, another transfer. There's a probable starter that uh, Isaiah Miller, Tufal, has really had a good time, too. He's a guy that's a uh, pretty raw kid. Um, I mean, that junior college has a lot of potential, and I think he's going to be a really good player for all in the future. And he can play that right tackle guard position. So I think they've developed some, a pretty good starting group and a pretty good uh, number of good quality backups, too, which is something Auburn did not have eight months ago. Uh, there's been some uh, commentary on our morning show that – Someone here is not real impressed with Nick Saban's press conferences. Do you get any information from Hugh Freeze? Does he keep you enlightened with information or a story to run with? Brian, you still with me? Yeah, yeah, you're breaking up that. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that question. Okay, I'll, I'll rephrase it. Do you, when you attend a Hugh Freeze press conference, do you get any information to run with? Any headlines? Does he give you nuggets of information? Uh, I would say he's a, a pretty good interview. I enjoy uh, talking to him. Much better than the previous uh, couple. You know, I think he was a little bit more open with his information and uh, you know, expressing his feelings, so to speak. He's not like a robot up there or, or not. Uh, not um, on guard all the time, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoy talking to him, and uh, I certainly enjoy talking to his staff too, on and off the record. All right, so maybe maybe it's off the record. Maybe you can get him on the record. Has anybody thought about asking him about this whole blindside, Tui, Michael Orr debacle? Well, that just came out yesterday. We haven't spoken to him. 
uh, and we'll see Tim Thursday. That'll be the first time. It'll probably come up, but um, uh, I would expect him just to no comment, right? I mean, I, I think one of the things about Auburn hiring you, Freeze, was for him to be much more careful yeah. in the things he does on social media and the things he says. And he has been really, really careful himself. He knows how important that is. Uh, he has spoke out about, hey, I need, you know, I don't want to do anything or say anything that's going to, you know, be used, right, against us so against me. So I, I don't expect him to have any type of comment on that at all. He's obviously um, was a high school coach there. He's been friends with the two weeks for a long time. But, um, you know, there's accusations now on both sides. Uh, you know, if I was advising him, of course I'm not, but if I was, I'd tell him to say a word about it and just, you know, do what you need to do behind the scenes to coach off of football, right? And don't get caught up in, you know, a scandal that has nothing to do with you. Touche. Hey, uh, great stuff as always, Brian. Tell folks how they can continue to follow your coverage of all things Auburn as they prepare for the season opener. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I'll have that story on set uh, this morning. I'm working on a mid-camp, uh, a little 2D depth chart I'm going to put out later today, too. Um, you can get all that and more plenty of recruiting information, too. I think Auburn's closing in on potentially a five-star addition uh, to this uh uh, commit list here this weekend. Uh, so check us out, AuburnSports.com. You can follow me on Twitter and threads at BMATAU. Always a pleasure, Brian. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right. So we got a couple minutes. You guys want to jump in. My only point about the Saban press conference is if um, what he is saying to me doesn't sound like things are going great in camp. That's all. He keeps harping on some of the same things that have Why? been because ailing. Because he's this given the same spiel about leadership that he gives every single year and has given for the last 15 years? No, because of the way he's giving it and the fact that he's doing it as early as he's doing it based on some of the issues that have propped up or popped up over the last couple of seasons. I really think finding those leaders have been an issue for him, especially in the NIL era. Is it possible? Maybe possible, remotely possible, that, you know, in this fantastic, phenomenal industry we're in, we have a tendency to overanalyze these things. Not it, not if we're going to all sit here and talk about, well, Nick Saban says, uh, talks, through, talks to his players through the media. Like, we always say that, and now we're going to say because we don't like what he's saying that, oh, you know, we're overreacting and... You know, he's just talking because it's preseason. Like, we can't have it both ways. Well, Which is it? I mean, I also think that replacing a Bryce Young in uh, from a leadership, obviously, we know what, he, what you're losing from a quarterback standpoint, but, you know, you're. It, it's going to be tough to get that out of a that kind of leadership out of your quarterback as well. You well, know, we're he, not talking about just quarterback leadership, and I wouldn't expect a quarterback to be the leader of the team right now when they can't seem to separate between the three guys. Ideally, you would hope the quarterback sure. is the leader of the sure. team. Sure, but I mean, even even as good as Will Anderson was, and as much yeah. of a leader as he was, I mean that defense could not stay mentally focused or mentally sharp. And it's last year, the year before, they were talking about guys playing out of position and playing a lot of me ball and uh, being selfish. That was two years ago. Last year, it was pre-snap penalties, and and those issues, are, if you know, you listen to Saban in his press conferences, are still plaguing the team today. Right? I mean, that was the big thing about the defense in, in the first scrimmage. A lot of pre-snap penalties. It's like when you coach little uh, peewee ball, those kids. All you got to do is watch the ball. I mean, it's not rocket science. We're not reinventing the wheel here. Yeah. 
I mean, so it was it was the most penalized Alabama team last year by far. You would hope that Kevin Steele would, you know, kind of come in and fix some of those things. Whether he has or hasn't kind of remains to be seen. I don't know. I, I There's still a lot of questions that remain about this team. Obviously, quarterback being first and foremost. I don't think they're going to struggle from a leadership standpoint. Their tough games are at home. I think they're going to be fine. Oh, they'll be in every game based on talent alone. There's really only two or three hurdles on that schedule, right? Texas. I mean, they'll, they'll, yeah, you'll find out a lot about Texas, but basically, what is it, New Mexico that's coming in? What, opening game? Yeah, Middle, Middle Tennessee. Tennessee. Middle Tennessee. All right, well, they're, they're getting paid to come in and reenact the first scene of Saving Private Ryan, so that'll be fun, and all the quarterbacks will get a look, and 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 we'll go from there. But my point still stands when – and I think it was Saban's point when you get into games like LSU and Tennessee, and, and the, the talent is – for lack of a better term, equal to what what you present, what separates you from the other team. And those things right now are absent from this program. Lee? There's plenty of leadership on that team, starting with Will Reichert. How many years has he been there now? <laughs> this is going to be year five for Will yeah, Reichert. Five. Ideally, your, your kicker isn't your best leader I know, on I'm, the teasing. I'm I lo- teasing. I love Will Reichert. you seen that Alabama Credit Union commercial is that he's he? in? It plays 12 <laughs> times a day on my TV. Yeah. Oh, yeah? And I, uh, um, it's great. He, I'm he, being he, facetious. He, yeah. uh, well. Mark's got a good point. I, I, I think there's something to be said, and I agree with some of the things you say on it. Uh, it's a little early to be concerned totally, but I know what Nick is trying to do to establish some leadership in the locker room, which he feels is extremely important as most coaches do because the coaches can't control everything. I also think that the But why is he trying to establish that? Because he doesn't have it. I also That's think that point. the team has heard the Well, noise. we don't really know. You you try to analyze what he says. You don't know what's inside his head really. You just said he's trying to find. I leader. said, you, you, you just listen. For once, just listen. You come in here and say you try to analyze every word he says. You don't know exactly what he says to the team and what he says to the media, and where's the fine line between it? Okay. Or I'm not you, saying I don't know. Haven't you come on the show and said that when he talks to the media, it's his way of talking to his players? That's true. How do you know that? Are you in his side of his head? How do you know where the line is between what he says and what he knows? How, like based on reports we get from media members up there. Uh, okay, they're the ones who come on and tell us that that he says he talks to the media and then he comes on and talks to the uh, the press and pretty much sending a message. We've talked to that about for years. That's not surprising, right? So why is it a leap for me to come on here and say that if he continues to harp on the fact that he's looking for leaders? And that he's concerned about the pre-snap penalties. How is that a leap for me to say that things aren't going well right now in practice? Because you haven't seen practice. You don't know. I, am I speaking a different language? I, I feel like I, I, feel, I feel like Bronner here. I feel my voice is getting higher. I don't. I don't. Let it go. Take, take it easy there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the questions you're asking are unfair. I, I mean, I also think there's a lot of internal motivation. Within the program, I don't think they're going to struggle with leadership. I think they've heard the noise. I think there's a lot of motivation to get back to the quote-unquote Alabama standard, whatever that means at this point. Oh, you know what you it know. means. Well, I know what it means, but, you know, what is it? What has it looked like over the last two years? You know, so it is what it is. Uh, obviously, Georgia is the king of college football, if you want to call him that. And, you know, there's a there's a strong, you know, remember David Pollock in, during the national championship? I mean, there that, that's kind of how the whole locker room feels, so. All right, 747, you guys can react when we come back. Chris Stewart's going to join us at 8 o'clock. 
plenty left on a Wednesday edition. It's the opening kickoff. Mark Lee and Bronner right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Jennifer Hale here from the NFL on Fox, and you're listening to 105.5 WNSP in Mobile. Everybody talks about leadership all the time, but I think it's also important that how many guys on the team need to be led. You got a bunch. All right, 7.51. Welcome back in. The opening kickoff wrap. Wrapping up hour number two. A little spirited, animated debate there among friends. Loved it. Loved it. All right. Uh, joining me now, Dr. Uh, uh, James Swires, who is my doctor for ear, nose, and throat specialist, has kept me on the air longer than Mark would have liked to. But, you know, these things happen. And, Dr. Swires, good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Lee. Mark. Let me ask I'm doing you. Great. All right, we heard the term 157 outfitters on Monday when we talked to you. What does all that mean? And what does it mean for listeners who like to go out and hunt birds and geese and whatever? Yeah, we have a place in Wyoming. Uh, it is in southeast Wyoming, about an hour from Cheyenne. It's in a little town uh, outside of town called Torrington, and there's another town there called Lingle. But uh, the name of the outfitters is 157outfitters.com. But we've got. Um, uh, the best goose hunting in the world there, and really good mallard hunting. Uh, we've got like 14 inch uh, ranches leased. We've got seven miles on the North Platte River uh, for uh, mallards. Uh, we have a couple of mallard lakes now. Uh, we, like I said, we've leased 14 ranches. Uh, we have all-inclusive hunts. You, you can fly uh, from Pensacola to Denver. They have, I just checked airlines the other day, there's five different airlines flying, and all the flights, if you look ahead of time, are only about 180 to $200 round trip to Denver. And then you can drive for about two and a half to three hours to where we're hunting, and we supply everything. It's all-inclusive. You know, I've hunted all over the world, and I hate bringing guns and ammo. So we supply the guns, the ammo. Uh, we supply all the lodging. Uh, they're three-day hunts, and you stay in the lodge for four days. We actually clean the birds legally with a federal bird processor, and they, uh, they freeze-dry all the birds so you can bring them home. They're all clean and breasted and vacuum-packed, and it's all legal, and we pay for everything. Everything is included, and uh, it's very reasonable hunt. We're really trying to just get a big, we, a huge contingency from Mobile going up there. We had over 40 people from Mobile go last year, and so we're just trying to get people to come up there and do a little hunting, And but for the best duck goose hunting in the world just check out 157outfitters.com that's how you sign up then correct that's right you can go to that website and you can sign up right there and uh, uh, like I said you'll never get a more reasonable uh, just first class hunt the lodges are just first class out in the country on the river uh, and you're, when you stay in the lodges your group stays by themselves you're not put in there with anybody else we only hunt with usually one group at a time we've got the best guides we supply guides we hunt in underground pits that are heated. We cook breakfast for you uh, while you're in the pits, and most everybody gets their limited geese. So it's not cold. Everybody thinks the wild wings being frigid. It is cold in the mornings, but we the, the uh, uh, all the hunting areas are heated. So it's it's a very very gentleman's hunt. It's great for kids, wives also, and uh, the lodges are first class. So you're not staying in some bungalow old rundown cabin. It's really nice. Uh, your son Peyton will be on the outdoor show tomorrow talking about it also. But I did want to ask you a medical question, uh, questions I've raised to you before when I've been into your office at uh, right around Spring Hills Hospital. Is COVID still an issue these days 
Is it a term we use still? Do people still get it? Yes, they do. Uh, you know, my specialty, I do a lot of sinus, head, neck cancer, thyroid, allergies. But COVID is what comes into our office a lot because it's all ear, nose, and throat complaints. We've had a real bump up of COVID here lately. Uh, I probably see several people a day that have COVID. The thing about it is now, the COVID now is not the COVID when it first came out that was killing people. Very few people are getting very sick with it. Uh, there are exceptions if you have a lot of other medical problems, but very few people are getting sick with it. There's no need to run and do a COVID test. There's, the, uh, there's some antivirals you can use for COVID, but uh, in my experience with them, they cause more problems than they're worth. They really don't help the people with COVID much. We just treat the COVID. If they get a sinus infection with it or if they get cough, we use some, sometimes use steroids. We can make you feel a whole lot better, but usually you have about you know, four or five days of a pretty nasty cold, and that's about it. But there's a lot of COVID mobile right now. So do people start wearing masks again? No, no. You know, I've, I've reviewed about 30 studies on the mask. The masks were totally ineffective. Almost every study shows it doesn't stop the spread of COVID. Uh, it really was not helpful. Uh, it was much more problems than what it was worth. It was great for my business because people wearing masks all day got all sinus infections, so you know, coming in for that. But uh, but yeah, I would not I would not recommend people go back to masks or anything. We don't use masks. We treat COVID patients all the time. Uh, you know, and very few people are in the hospital with COVID. If they have COVID, they're usually in the hospital with a heart attack or something else. It's not the COVID that puts them in the hospital. Dr. Spires, again, a pleasure to talk to you on the uh, on the air here at WNSP. We'll be in touch with you next week. And, again, your son Peyton will talk more about 157 Outfitters tomorrow on the Outdoor Show. Talk to you later. That sounds great. Have Thank a great you, day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. All right, we got a couple minutes if you want to jump in at 694-1055. That's the number. Uh, we've learned a lot today. Uh, mostly we confirmed that Lee and I disagree just about it on, on, on pretty much everything. Bronner apparently can can carry a tune when not prompted to do so. But we haven't really heard him sing yet. He right. says. Right, right. He claims. He claims. Yeah. Been a little stuffed up lately, too. I've been, I've been I've also been accused of, oh, well, maybe you need to go to ENT. How about tomorrow during the uh, party at Heroes? Maybe, maybe. built out a song there? Maybe. I, huh? I, told, I told you off air, Lee, it depends how many you know, drinks, beverages drinks you provide. You've had, yeah, yeah, Some yeah, liquid maybe. encouragement is yeah. what the guy needs. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, the party tomorrow, be there or be square. Lee can be both. The fall football preview party. We're at Heroes uh, right there on Old Shell, right around the corner from uh, University of South Alabama. Come hang with us from 3 to 6. P- uh, Pigskin takes over from 6 to 7, so we're on the air for four straight hours from Heroes. Uh, we're going to have free T-shirts we're giving away. There are going to be some golf passes. Uh, we got some special guests showing up. Um, Richie Riley. He knows a little something about some football. He's going to hang with us. Uh, Robert Brazil, the Hall of Famer, is set to join us as well. Sherman. Uh, Sherman Williams, the former Alabama star, will be there. And so will the cast of characters here at WNSP. We're just all going to take turns getting on the air and talking about God knows what. We encourage you to come out and join us. Got a great, great grand prize for you. It's our 30th anniversary this year. The party continues on Thursday. The mini man cave is up for grabs, right? So Bailey's TV and mattress giving us a 65-inch 4K TV to give away. And wait, there's more. Thanks to uh, Barrow's uh, Fine Furniture, you will get a uh, recliner as well, valued at $1,800. I can't think of a better prize to give away for the start of college football season. So come on out and see us. All you do is you register when you get there. You have to be there to win. 
You have to be there when we draw your name, which will be about 5.40, 5.45-ish. So uh, come hang with us. Get something to eat. Get something to drink. Talk with Lee. Listen to Bronner sing. Whatever. And come hang with us. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I got our Scott and Tracy going to be at Heroes tomorrow. I don't know. I know they've, they've of course, been told uh, that we're doing it. And they're certainly invited, of course. Uh, we're, we're hoping they will be there. I have not talked to Scott or Have Tracy. you invited Tommy Prater yet? The fall football preview party. The invite is open. We, it. Richetti was invited. Do we encourage Tommy? We want people to come eat. I'm not sure if Heroes is prepared for the tsunami that is Prater. And I cannot confirm or deny that Stephen Root will be there. But never say never when it comes to Stephen Root. Chris Stewart is next. That I can confirm. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station WNSP. On the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. All right, 804 and hour number three. Thanks for hanging with us on this Wednesday edition, Mark. Lee Bronner, right here on the uh, Sports Station WNSP. Now let's uh, welcome in Chris Stewart of the Alabama Radio Network. Chris, good morning. How are you doing, my friend? Gentlemen, I'm great. How are y'all? We're doing this, the over-under. Did you attend the scrimmage in person to be the first person here on this show that actually saw what was going on? I did, uh, and I could tell you what happened, but then I'd have to kill you. <laughs> so uh, we don't want that to happen. No, but I did. I got to. Uh, I took in about an hour and a half of it uh, before I thought I was on the field. And man, I, I tell you what I thought about was the old days of the really old, the very first artificial turf that was basically uh, green paint on top of concrete. And how did those guys <laughs> survive the contact, but also the heat? Yeah. I mean, it was brutal down on the field Saturday, and I'm just standing there. So, you know, I, I don't know how they do it, but they do. They, what, uh, they manage it somehow. What impressed you the most? Um, you know, that's, I mean, that's tough to say. Um, I, you know, again, it's a very small sample size. And I was talking to my brother, who's a former high school coach today and or yesterday, and we were, we were talking. I said, Steve, you know I don't know what I'm looking at. Uh, but just, it, you know, everybody can see the athleticism of Jalen Milrow, but I think he's becoming more polished as a passer. Um, again, a very, very small sample size. Just seeing some growth there. Um and we, look, there's a there's a reason that a, that a kid gets recruited to the University of Alabama. There's phenomenal potential 
if you're offered a scholarship at one of the best programs in the nation, especially at that position. And we saw flashes of it last year. Uh, but we also saw flashes last year of areas where he clearly needs to improve on some decision-making. And, and uh, you know, I've heard coaches say it for years that, that a strength and a weakness of a kid can be his phenomenal talent because while the, the great skill, the great talent that they have allows them to make great plays, sometimes it makes them think they can make every play or should make every play. And, and I go back to Matt Jones, and one of the best things that Matt did was unload a pass with pressure coming to make it an incomplete pass uh, on first and ten or second and six to give yourself a chance at the next down, the next play, trusting what you have available to you and that you can get whatever yardage you need on the next play and not trying to force it on first or second. I think if he starts to show that development and that maturity, then then Jalen's going to be a phenomenal collegiate quarterback. You know, in, in the case of Ty Simpson, um, he is, uh, I think, developing into the guy that can make explosive plays, as we hear Coach talk about and does on occasion. But, um, you know, I, I saw more underneath things from him uh, that, again, take advantage of what you have, which is playmakers at receiver and at running back, and, you know, don't, don't hurt yourself. Um, I honestly don't remember if, you know, there were glaring mistakes with, with either he or Jalen in this one. But I know that here's the thing is that there's talent at that position, okay? It may not be the clear-cut, obvious pick, as it's been the last several years at quarterback. But as I've talked, you know, just about every week since we've been, we've been doing this leading up to this point, we've seen guys who had far, I'm not going to say far, but guys who were not thought of as well from a quarterback skill standpoint or an athleticism standpoint that have been a part of hoisting that trophy on a stage at the end of the season. So, They've got some great pieces around them, but I'm like everybody else. When when you first go to anything tied to the game, whether it's first game, first practice, first scrimmage, whatever, your eyes are on the quarterback, and I think that's naturally where it would go right now, given the somewhat uncertainty by many as to who that guy's going to be when they open up against NCSU. Chris Stewart's our guest here on WNSP. All right, so I've been accused of being a number of things. Uh, today specifically being very negative when it comes to the Alabama football program based on some of the statements Nick Saban has made in his press conferences. Is there, is there uh, a, at this point, reason to be concerned about this program or this team based on the comments he made about leadership, pre-snap penalties on defense and whether or not guys want to be led? Uh, no. no. Look, we talked about it too. He's very honest in his assessments, but I think he also is one to, to send messages um, 
to guys, which he does directly, but also reinforces that often in the media. And uh, this was a team that hurt themselves vitally in some key games and key situations last year with penalties. You could you could make the argument it easily that it cost them the chance to play for championships, uh, be it SEC or national. And frankly, if they get in the SEC championship game, they're with an undefeated regular season, they're going to have a chance still to play for the national title because even the loser, you know, it's, it's Georgia and Alabama, and they're both undefeated going into the title game uh, in Atlanta, then they're going to get a chance to probably meet again in the, the college football playoff. So um, I think it's very fair to make the argument, certainly the 17 penalty game against Tennessee, that Alabama's self-inflicted wounds had as much to do with the outcome as Tennessee's execution. So um, it's natural that especially at this point of camp, he would be emphasizing the things uh, that he wants to see cleaned up and improved on, not just from that scrimmage, but from last year that were so devastating to that team. Let me ask you this. Uh, when you're watching the scrimmage, you can pick up on that. Uh, was the fact about penalties, uh, were there many called? And did you feel the defense had the upper hand or the offense had the upper hand? Yeah, I saw both, you know. Um, there is as much talent probably on defense as there is offense. You know, some may even make the argument that there's more, but when you've got guys along the front that are as disruptive as Jimmy Motis and Justin Aboigby, and I know we mentioned Tim Smith as well, when those guys, um, those, I mean, those are just, you know, three examples of what you have up front to disrupt, and then you got to, you know, linebackers as good as Dallas Turner and Deontay Lawson and, and others with them, um, they create some problems. They create a lot of problems. And then you've got a veteran secondary with depth and talent and experience uh, and young guys who can step in and come on and, and add to that from a depth standpoint. So, look, it's a, it's a defense that can – create issues but there were some big plays on offense there were some there were some things that were done well but there were also some mistakes that can get you beat in a tight ball game he's chris stewart i gotta ask you man it's a couple weeks old but true or false uh during a a speech you gave you made reference to the office while uh emceeing the Knicks kids luncheon true or false oh there's no doubt i did and i'm just trying to remember what context I made it. Oh, I know what it was. Um, so at the Knicks Kids Luncheon, it's a it's a packed uh, North Zone at Bryant Denny. Okay. People that are familiar with the zone, seen pictures. It's packed in there, and every organization that is there gets a check for Knicks Kids, but they also get their group's picture made with Coach Saban and Miss Terry. Uh, and so in order to keep it from being just utter chaos with a thousand people or however many are in there going up at one time to get 
the pictures made or getting in line at one time, they the tables have a um, colored ticket on their table, and we get up by groups. So there's a blue group, there's a red group, there's a yellow group. Uh, but they also had 10 door prizes that they were giving away that had golden tickets. And so I said, in reference to it, if you remember Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, sure. like I do as a kid, then you know how great the golden ticket was. I said, but it's my sincere hope, if you're a fan of The Office like I am, that Michael Scott was not in charge of the golden tickets, and we don't have chaos here. And the entire room cracked up. I was surprised. Everybody knows Willy Wonka, but I was pleasantly surprised how many knew the, <laughs> the Michael Scott Dunder Mifflin golden ticket promotion where, uh, you know, all the golden tickets wound up going to uh, the phone company, I believe, or, or whoever, whoever it was that, that basically got way too much of a uh, discount. Yeah. But it worked out. It worked out pretty well in the end, as everybody knows, that follows the show. So, you see, anyway, that was the reference I made, and it it apparently played out pretty well, better than I thought. Lee has you on to talk football. The, this is the reason I have you on for Michael Scott references. This, see, you're you're versatile. You're like that dual sport. I can literally see Lee's eyes rolling when we go this route. <laughs> you have great radio vision, but you're like that five star yes. dual athlete that can play. That just has that versatility. You're going to see the field early and often and in a bunch of different ways i'm just clueless that's all i am well we ought to thank dex imaging also for chris being here beside you mark right right well i mean i I can't take credit uh all right chris well as always sir we appreciate the time you got uh you got something else for me yeah are you are you going to be attending let's see they have a scrimmage on saturday you're going to be out there too i'm i'm not going to be there saturday my my son has a golf tournament and I will be on the bag for the 12-year-old as he plays in a golf tournament. This is the last Saturday I'll get to do this, obviously, for the year, so I'm going to go be dad and thoroughly enjoy that. All right, having been on the bag before, way back in my youth, from the heat standpoint, Mm -hmm. what's worse, standing on the sidelines at Brian Denny watching a scrimmage or carrying a golf bag for your son? Uh, The good news is, he goes cart. Uh, oh, so I will, I'm he sorry. Moved up from the junior bag to the regular bag. He's going push cart, and I will not. Uh, I will not pull the thing. I will push rather than than carry. Uh, but it's probably worse being on the side on the bag only because when it's your child. You're even more emotionally invested. I care, yeah. obviously, about the outcome of Alabama and living down every play. But when it's your child, and if they're coming down the uh, coming down the final three or four holes, and you know they've got a shot at it, maybe doing something, then that can be pretty nerve wracking as well. Well, I just recently saw Tim Ten Cup again, so you kind of strike me as a Romeo oh, on yeah. the bag. You know, just make sure he lays up, doesn't take any big chances, just plays it safe. I'm not afraid to break his club. I have the source that, no, I'm not giving you that stick. Have yeah. you ever broken a club? Oh, have you ever broken a club? Uh, I did. You know what? I, not on purpose. I've never done you that. You never I've swung always, a club in anger? Well, it's it's always, frankly, I'm afraid I'd do more damage to my leg than the club. I know I'm not Bo Jackson, and breaking that bat over my leg would 
result in a broken femur rather than a, uh, a broken weapon. Man, if, if your kid can get around the course and play par golf with a 7-iron, I'll help you break all those clubs just to see it. No, it, he's good. He ain't that good. Fair enough. Chris, always a pleasure, sir. We appreciate the time. Have a great week. We'll be in touch. Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. Chris Stewart. We covered Alabama football, the office. Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka and golf. That That's versatility right there. All right. Uh, traffic and weather. Does that sound like a winner to you? We'll come back. You guys can jump in. 694-1055. We're going to talk some Jets at 830. Plenty left here on a Wednesday edition. It's the opening kickoff. Mark Lee and Bronner right here on the sports station. WNSP and WNSP.com. Stay with us. I'm Laura Rutledge with ESPN. You're listening to WNSP 105.5. Keep it right here for the best sports information in Mobile. From- All right, 824. Welcome back in. The opening kickoff rolling along here on a Wednesday edition. Thanks for hanging with us. Bon Jovi. I've heard of him. Yes, another New Jersey musician. All right, uh, so now we have, listen to this as far as the uh, the great musicians, Sinatra, Springsteen, Bon Jovi, and Michael Bronner. Pretty good group, huh? How's oh, and Frankie from- Valley. I'm going to put Frankie Valley in there. Okay. Too. All right. Uh, this segment brought to you by USA Athletics, reminding you tickets still available September 9th on the home opener against SE Louisiana. All right, you guys can jump in, 694-1055. We've been talking about a number of things. By the way, if you missed our interview with uh, Chris Stewart, who we just had, or Carter Bradley, for that matter, who's always a great interview, you can find us wherever you get your favorite podcast. Just go to uh, Spotify or wherever. Go to WNSP now, and you can play those back to your heart's content. You know, I've said this to Carter. You already know this, and, and I'm sure you were privy to this, too, when we had his father, who's still coaching in the NFL, one of the best coaches I've ever interviewed. And it was like back-to-back years, I think, that he was here when he was the head coach. Was it Jacksonville? Uh, that goes back a ways. But uh, Carter, I just sent a, a, a text to um, the sports information people over at South. I wouldn't mind having Carter on every week. <laughs> He's really good. Oh, I'm sure you wouldn't mind. We'd get the uh, WNSP NIL money out and, say, and, and get it sponsored. There you go. How about that? What's this? I was reading a story about NIL. Does it have to do with the uh, Michael Orr story that came out that in the uh, the news article about NIL and all that kind of stuff? I'm trying to remember where I saw it this morning, but it's out there. I played your song, Lee. You did, I, and I pray. Didn't you hear me talk about it? Uh, I, was, I was. There was production. Oh, okay. Going on yeah, I mentioned stuff. I put you in the. Uh, the Mount Rushmore of New Jersey musicians. You uh, put me in the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I had Springsteen, Sinatra, Bon Jovi, and you. Oh, and then I left out Frankie Valley, so I put Frankie Valley. So you're fifth. See, I, this I think is I'm ahead of that. I'm this is the. Um, this is what makes being on that morning show so much fun. You go from stating that you like to sing to being one of the top five greatest New Jersey top, musicians. Top four. Top four of all time. And in typical Bronner fashion, is going to argue the fact that he's not top five. He's top four. Well, I want to be on the Mount Rushmore. Well, I mean, you got to you gotta work at your craft. We haven't heard a single line. that you, We haven't heard you sing a, a, a lick. He since said that. if we buy him drinks tomorrow, he'll let go. He'll let it go. All right. He'll let loose. I got to get on an early flight on Friday, too. Although it's not earlier than I have to be here, so 
So you're actually sleeping in. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess leaving at 7 o'clock All right, so what's your drink of choice, in. by the way? Miller Lite. Miller Lite. Oh, well, that dude didn't even hesitate. That dude just said, you know, Miller Lite. All right, so we got Miller Lite over there. And over here we have bottled water. <laughs> uh, no, you were a uh, uh, punch something. Oh, punch. I mentioned rum, a rum punch. punch. That, punch. that was back in my 20s. Yeah, in the twenties. Back when I was no, 20. not the twenties. Yeah, right. Twenties. That was what that during what's prohibition. The di- what's the difference? Well, yeah. Prohibition, and when in the twenties, it was uh, the Roaring Twenties and Prohibition. I thought it, my ties were your, well, are also um, not bad. Not bad. All right. Look, I will tell you this: if there are certain people there that are ordering, I'll usually get a sip of your own. No, of theirs. What? Well, I don't know anybody that's going to let you take a sip of their drink. Oh, there is somebody, and, and her first question was, is Mark going to be there? That's all I hear. Is Mark going to be there? I said, yeah, he'll probably be there. So, Miss Barber's coming? She's planning on what? it. What? Breaking news! Yeah. Let's go! And, and, uh Wait, it's Barber and friends. Uh-oh. She's bringing the whole group. The Nick, whole Nick and I got to meet Miss Barbara and friends at the Senior Bowl event. So, mm-hmm. so it was just. I, I will tell you this, Mark. So when you were at, it, and he comes over to me, and I said, "Are you going to sing tomorrow?" He says, "Only if I buy him drinks." I said, "You have a better chance of getting Barbara to pay for a drink for you than me." Which is ironic because I'm assuming it's coming from the same account, <laughs> right? She handles, as you know, she handles all our finances. I said I'm not going to ask her. I, I don't. I, would I don't have. Access now. Will Miss Barber dabble in a little adult cocktail? Oh, absolutely. What are you kidding me? What do you think? She's coming to drink milk. We're getting her on the air. Ooh, I might get a milk tomorrow. <laughs> I think this is what <laughs> you said milk, right? Oh, Lisa, you consider milk. okay. Good. I thought you yeah. said milk. I, uh, I was just making sure. No, you were no, no, I said you, milk. Do you consider I said milk? Do you consider <laughs> wine? Sure. Okay, yeah, definitely. I'm getting her on the air. That's going to be my mission. It might take three or four drinks, but we're getting Miss Barber on the air on WNSP. It's going to be it's going to be epic. Stay milk. with us, milk. <laughs> with a K. With a K. Stay with us. The app is on fire today, Lee. Apparently, uh, there's rumor and speculation that you can throw down five Shirley Temples with ease. Oh, easily. And you can still you, you can still walk in a straight line, and you're coherent in the whole deal. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a veteran. Yeah. yeah. Is that with the cherry in it, too, That's the Shirley Temple? Yeah, I believe so. Did, did, so. did you understand that last clip? Well, Michael, I didn't understand a word of it. What was that? Uh, Hard knocks? That, yeah, that was Aaron Rodgers talking to uh, Panthers pass rusher Brian Burns. Okay. Just wanted to fill in. Do we have Rich ready to go? Yeah, he's ready. Rich Semino covers the Jets ESPN radio. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Good morning, guys. How's it going? So let me let me set the stage on this. So over the weekend, I, I root for the Atlanta Braves, and they crushed the Mets in three or four games, and the last one was a one-run game, and the Mets win. And then the last two nights, they've beaten the Yankees. So, And then I knew I was going to have you on, and I'm thinking, you know what? Having, you know, I lived up there for a long time and followed the New York sports teams. I think it's more imperative this year for the Jets and Giants to get off to a good start because it doesn't look like the Yankees and Mets are going anywhere. Well, I think... Uh 
people have given up on baseball here. Uh, it's just, <laughs> it's been one of those years. I know Met fans have already checked out. Yankee fans, I think, are on the verge of checking out. So, um, yeah, it hasn't been a good summer for sports here. No, and it's not just checking out. It's like what has happened with the Mets and all the money they spend and then, and then trading these guys. And the Yankees lineup is just a shell of what it used to be. That, so I'm thinking, you know, with all the attention on Aaron Rodgers and the Jets and, you know, a little and then obviously on the Giants, it's important, I think, for that area, the metropolitan area, to get off to a good start, and especially with all the hype around the Jets. Let me ask you this. What do you think was the better pickup, Dalvin Cook for the Jets or Ezekiel Elliott with the Patriots? Oh, that's an interesting question. Uh, you know, I, I don't think either one of uh, – you know, I think Dalvin Cook's a better player right now. Zeke looked washed last year. I mean, he just looked like – didn't have anything left. Um, I think the Patriots have a really good eye for finding these older players. Uh, they've done it before with guys like Corey Dillon, so maybe they see something we don't see, but I think he's pretty much done. And uh, Cook has been on a two-year decline as well, but he's younger, and I think he probably has a little more left in the tank. What it, what is Cook's role going to be? Obviously, the attention's on Rodgers. Uh, and then I see where Brees Hall is coming back for the Jets. So what it, what do they want him for? Well, Brees Hall is coming back, and they expect him to be ready for opening day. However, you know, he's coming off a really serious injury. It's an ACL. He had a surgery 10 months ago. They don't want to force him or rush him into a, a high workload. They want to ease him back in. And so the idea is to bring in a guy like Dalvin Cook who could essentially carry the work, most of the workload for early in the year until Brees Hall gets up to speed. Our guest, uh, Rich Semeni, covers the uh, Jets. He's been doing it since 1989, so he's certainly been around the program. Before we continue, bring us up to date on the local players. we got two of them from here, C.J. Mosley and uh, Bryce Huff. Yeah, uh, a couple of guys from, you know, CJ is obviously one of the team leaders, one of the pillars of the team, and so he looks good in practice. I would expect him to have another really good year. He was a second-team All-Pro last year. He's he's the heart and soul of that defense, so he's really good. Bryce Huff is an interesting player. He's in a contract year. Uh, he is a situational player. A lot of Jet fans would like to see more of Bryce Huff because when he's out on the field in pass rushing situations, he tends to be disruptive. So, uh, you know, I think fans are clamoring for him to get more of a role. The problem is the Jets have so many defensive linemen. They go about 10 deep on the defensive line. So I really don't see Bryce Huff's role increasing this year. So I would say he would remain a situational pass rusher. Are they going to use Aaron Rodgers in preseason games? I do not believe uh, he will play this week against Tampa Bay, and I think there's an outside chance he faces the Giants in the final preseason game. I think they're going to leave that up to him. He said last week that he wouldn't mind playing in the preseason. I think it's just a, it'll be a feel thing if he feels comfortable with the offense, and uh, then I think he'll sit it out. Uh, but to be quite honest, guys, their offense has not looked good in the preseason. Any of these practices or, you know, uh, joint practice with the uh, Panthers was a disaster for the starting offense. So they are very much still trying to get on the same page. 
how's the Hard Knock show going? I don't know. You tell me. What do you think? I mean, it's, uh, I don't, I, I, look, I watched last night. I wrote a story about it for ESPN.com. It's up there this morning on the website. Uh, I don't think it's been terribly compelling. I mean, the Rogers storyline is interesting, but I, I think that's starting to be overplayed a little bit. Last night you saw Robert Sala show a different side to his personality. He really was yelling at the offensive line, something he generally does not do. Other than that, I, I think it's been kind of humdrum. I agree. Well, I don't watch Hard Knocks that much, but I did tune in the first 10 minutes, and I, that's all I could take. Basically, I, I don't need to watch Aaron Rodgers walking to practice and – I don't know what else they, they do. I know they have the speeches by Salomon. I caught some of that, but I'm with you, Rich. I, I'm i not. Now, you do attend practice sessions, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Okay, and you did mention you're not so far impressed with the offense. Could that be because the defense is so good? Well, they do have a good defense, and that's certainly a factor. But, uh, yeah, they weren't uh, – no, I, don't, I think it's a small factor. I, but they haven't settled on an offensive line yet. Their starting five is still up in the air. So that's, a, that's the biggest concern around the team right now is the offensive line. they got some injuries and some position battles still going on. I, I, yesterday, Rodgers had a really tough day. At one point, he had seven straight incompletions, and I could read his body language. He seemed to be pretty frustrated. He wasn't getting a lot of time to throw. So uh, so I don't think it's – the defense is part of it, but the story is bigger than that. Rich, before I let you go, see, this is what concerns me. But, look, I'm not the coach, and, and I understand why they don't like to play the veterans. But you got a brand-new quarterback. I don't know. I just think they need to play in the preseason games rather than get thrown out there in game one without having much game action like that. Uh, maybe you disagree, but I, I just think it's incumbent. To, that's why a lot of these games are not well played in the early part of the year because these guys haven't been out there in competition uh, other than playing themselves. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't totally agree with that. I think you're right. The comp, you know, the quality of play isn't great in the first month. I think, but I think a lot of teams view the first month almost as an extended preseason. Now, you know, uh, they don't want to get their guys hurt in the preseason, and especially when you have a franchise type player like an Aaron Rodgers. I, I understand totally why they don't want to play him. Now, if you have other younger starters, you know, I, I could see playing them. But it's all about uh, the NFL is a is a war of attrition. It really is. I know. I know. I'm using a cliche. I hate to use cliches, but it really is. I mean, I think the teams that go furthest to the playoffs are the teams that get luckiest with the injuries, and you know, and also have really good depth. Unless you have Patrick Mahomes, and then you can pretty much go deep in the playoffs every year. But uh, yeah, so I, I think I think the health of the players is number one. And teams are willing to sacrifice a little bit on the execution side just to keep guys healthy. Man, we can't thank you enough. I know it's a crazy time of year for you, Rich. Thanks. We'll be we'll be reading, of course, and uh, we'll be in touch. All right, guys, take it easy. All right, a little Jets fix for you there on a uh, on a Wednesday edition. All right, we got some time. You guys can jump in. 694-1055. Uh, Mr. Bronner clearing his throat. Must have something to say. It's urgent. No, I was just clearing my throat. 
Hey, by the way, what's the podcast later today? Is it football, basketball, or baseball? Basketball. Perfect timing, being that it's August. <laughs> you know, they say the NBA offseason is more exciting than the regular season. So, Well, so is uh, the weather report in August here in Mobile. But I digress. I was cold this morning. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, cold. it's lovely out. I think it's up to 90. Oh, it's already up to At least it's going to be this afternoon. Well, I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't been outside in, since uh, since 5.45 this morning. At so 5.45, it was lovely I, this I was morning. a little chilly. I almost went back upstairs to uh, to grab a jacket. But no, it's still 78 right now. But what? By, but by like 1 o'clock, it'll be 90. The seven minutes of fall is upon us. Yeah. Break out the pumpkin spice. Let's go. Yeah. Michael, it's even though fun. you're podcast your football podcast is not aired on wnsp today but you do one every week though right uh well we oh, yeah I? yeah well, yes so yes, what's what's the subject true. matter this week uh <laughs> there actually won't be one this week my co-host has been in and out a little bit so uh we uh, have well, we, well, we've been taking a i know what it's like to have a, a co-host that you can't rely on Honor, it's not easy. It's not easy. We're gonna be ramping it back <laughs> up very, very soon. You talking about Wait. Neil McCready? Ooh. Well, if anybody would know anything about unreliable co-hosts, it would be Sharania now. Man's got, <laughs> man has got a, a long laundry list. It's a long, distinguished long list. laundry list. So you're not doing one this week? Not this week. You know, we should do. You know, probably gonna get started with that back in september you know a lot of radio shows they get uh they get uh i don't want to say lazy but they rely on lists a little too much you know what we should do we should do we should rank lee shervanian's co-hosts in order based on a number of factors as far as how long they've lasted or just no, on, on, no. Qu on quality quality reliability whatever are you in that list no we'll take me out all right well let's be objective about it no sense in putting me at the top of the list just to start things off. <laughs> That's one thing I don't have to deal with egos on this station, do That's, I? That, exactly. Bronner's already putting himself in the top four musicians <coughs> in New I got Jersey. something to say. Yeah, right. one of the four time yeah, musicians. I thought, I thought he was clearing his throat. He was going to give us a tune. He was going to belt a tune. I have my mic muted. You didn't hear me. I don't know how. I don't. I don't I'm not that. I think I have the volume it. up here, so I hear everything coming through your mic, even though it doesn't go over there. Oh man. Yeah, you should turn that off. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I get all the good stuff. Dang. Him all talking right, about having to find all Lee's audio all the time. Yeah. Blah, 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 you hear blah. me talking to myself during the break over here? So Lee, could how many Shirley Temples could you drink in one sitting? How many do you want me to? Let's put it that way. I'm going to tell the folks over at Heroes to bring you one every half hour till you no start problem. using the bathroom and then start bringing one every 15 minutes. Not a problem. And I will be using the bathroom quite a bit. <laughs> yes, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> All right. I encourage everybody that shows up at Heroes to buy Lee an alcoholic beverage. I want to see Ms. Barbara have to carry him out. We want, we want like, Bronner and I are going to have to carry well, him who's out. Who's going to drive us home? Bronner? Your wife. No, I've been, pl I've been planning on driving him home. Oh, you have been? Yeah. You're the designated driver? Yeah. So somebody get Lee's keys tomorrow. I'll, I'll, I'll hold on to him. We'll have to disable the Prius so it can't get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> block him in. If you see a Prius, block it in. Shoeless. That's one nice thing about I will say this about Heroes for people not uh, well-vested in it. Lots of parking over there, so 
That is not an issue at Hillcrest and Old Shell Road. So when you come out to Heroes, you know you're going to have plenty of room they to They got play. us on the uh, the marquee out there, too. Oh, they do? Oh, yeah. I've not even seen that. Congratulations yep. to them, David. David's, <laughs> well, congratulations to us. Yeah, We're David big Rath. time. No, I, I mean, that's pretty nice that, uh, you know, they're not waiting till Thursday. David Rath taking good care of us. Might even get Carter Bradley. How about that? Well, he, appreci- he appreciated the invite, the invite mm-hmm. at least. He's, he, he might be busy. Okay. I can't blame him if he is eating that rice and chicken. Yeah, he's gonna or steak and chicken. Who is the yeah. uh, who is the famous rice. baseball player that his diet was just chicken? He's a Hall of Famer. That's Casey he- Stengel. <laughs> 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 That's gonna be my go-to guess from yeah. now on. <laughs> <laughs> For those that missed it, that was the answer to the trivia, the, uh, trivia question. The trivia question now dated who, back. Who was Literally the Hall of Famer years. that made it very famous about that's all he ate was chicken? Wade Boggs, by the way. You're right. Grilled? Fried? All kinds. Because hmm. Carter doesn't eat fried. I don't Because we asked Carter. Carter put on weight, and he said he just eats. So we asked that's, him what he ate, and it's all it, healthy. Because when you go out, like, you cut the grass every now and then. I like Yeah. I mean, you go out there in that heat, you usually lose a, a pound or two, and he's out there practicing for, what, hour and a half, maybe two in that heat? I don't think Mark's eating, like, a big plate of chicken and rice. You don't know what I eat. After. Are you? Are you at my house? He's never right. been invited. Look at you guys. I've you never know, been. First, uh, yeah, y'all are trying right. to figure never, out. Y'all I've, are trying to tell me what Nick Saban says and doesn't say at press conference. Uh, now you're trying to tell me what I eat? I've never been invited. Now so. you know why. Dang. You just... Uh, no, my whole my whole thing is if it isn't fried, it isn't cooked. So you I know, agree. Carter and I are com- on completely different diets. Mm. But yeah, that's what guys do. I mean, they they load up on carbs and and protein shakes and the whole deal. I'm having issues with this new routine because I really only eat dinner with the with the afternoon show. Like, okay. I really only eat one meal a day. But you know, yesterday, for example, I was I was hungry at one o'clock. That shouldn't happen. No, that's when you eat then. Well, that's I, what no, I, I did. That's I, I, I did eat. No. I, I ate two but meals that should yesterday. Be your, that should be your big meal. <laughs> I but ate two meals yesterday. Look, well, I had this is my advice. Yeah. My big meal is usually between noon and two, and then I snack after that. Okay. Get Lee's tips. Go online and get Lee's tips on how to eat. When you're hungry, cantaloupe, that's when you're supposed to eat. Cantaloupe last night, chocolate chip cookies, some uh, cashews. That oh, was my dinner. Well, yeah. It's a special case. My you know what I did have yesterday, Michael? What you Chicken. Have? Chicken and rice. So, Michael, when do you get hungry now? I'm hungry right now. Or, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always not, hungry. I'm that, gonna, that's I'll eat a banana after this show, and then I don't know. You should eat, You should eat instead of one big meal, you should eat little small meals, I've been told. That's what I would do for the afternoon show, but it's a lot easier to do that when, you know, showing up at the station at 10 o'clock versus 5.30. Run by the Waffle House. I mean, they're always open. Yeah, I could, but get know, some hash browns. I'm gonna balloon. No. All right, let's take a break. It's good stuff. It's gonna be tough to beat this one, Lee. You, yeah, I hope you got a good one planned for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it won't take much to beat that segment. What? I mean, I learned all sorts of things. This when you're, when like you're hungry, hear. that's when you eat. I'm like, whoa. Maybe a scoop of peanut butter powder. Mind blown. Yeah, we got to get to this. Bronner eats dry peanut butter dust. Scoop of, with a sip of water, too. Just to, just to get it down. <laughs> I mean, you can't just eat the powder. That's terrible. That's terrible. All right, one final segment. The opening kickoff. Mark, Lee, and... 
the singing sensation, Michael Bryan. Hi, this is Blake Stein, former Spring Hill Badger and Kansas City Royal, and you're listening to WNSP Sports Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, we appreciate you hanging with us. Um, Mr. Trevanian feverishly working on tomorrow's show. Actually, it's almost done. Well, I rescind my previous statement. Yes. Uh, Paul Feinbaum. Uh, I've heard of him. Eli Gold. I've heard of him. But listen to this. Do you remember Norman Jetmanson's? Norman. He was on with us way back. He's the one that did the documentary on the Swanee 1899 football team. The legendary season, they went undefeated, all the traveling they did. He was on, well, tomorrow, his documentary makes national public TV debut on World Channel and Alabama PBS Encore tomorrow night. So he's going to be on very early tomorrow morning. He has uh, done a number of interviews, Nick Saban among them, on this documentary. What's the documentary? About the Swanee about the 1899 undefeated team that uh, traveled 25 thousand no i'm sorry 2500 miles in uh what five games in six days beat 12 opponents we talked we've had them on before when that came out but now they're going well worldwide and that'll be uh tomorrow night that the it's going to be shown on alabama pbs and uh also world channel whatever that is you know i don't even know what that is world (laughs) channel can't probably can't find i couldn't even find the saints on sunday let alone the world channel world channel i think that's just pbs yeah it's all pbs but it's a big big time uh big time move tomorrow for them and congratulations to them but again uh, a number of coaches interviewed nick saban among them on this incredible now, Michael, before you get any ideas, I wasn't around when this happened. Oh, I wasn't going to say that. Hey. You were thinking it. You I, were. Well, you can't know you, what you, I was these thinking. These young whippersnappers these days, Lee. Yeah, they think they know it all. I, no respect. I, I don't. Well, that's true. I don't know. I have respect. I mean, back in my, I mean, I've always shown Lee Shervain the proper respect. <laughs> I, I think I have, too, three days into this. Give it time. Give it time. <laughs> yeah, it's the fourth day that you know, we got to look out for. Even working the afternoon show, you know, if I ever saw Lee in the building, I'd greet Lee with a hearty hello and a handshake. I think that's true. And by the say. way, speaking about debuts, like this show next week, Michael Braun debuts as play-by-play announcer. Bum bum bum. Two games in two days. Wow, you're like the Swanee of WNSP, hitting all those games in consecutive days. Two games, two days. It's not gonna be a lot of sleep for me next week. I'll be getting off a sleep plane. is overrated. Yeah, get all the sleep I need when I'm dead. That's what I heard. You know Wade who? Wade Bog. You know who said without, that? Wade Garrett. No, you know who said that? Casey Stengel. No, not Casey Stengel. Do you know what Casey Stengel was actually studying to be? Now he's off on a tangent. I'm, so, who said I'm, so, I'm it? sorry. Who said no, it? who said it? Tell me who said it. J.T. Prada. When did he say it? All right, maybe do. He said it to me when I was trying to sleep on a bus trip to a basketball game, and he woke me up and said, "You're just practicing death by sleeping." I'm like, "Uh, no, 
I'm just trying to catch a few winks. Wade Garrett, played by Sam Elliott in the movie Roadhouse, said it to uh, to the. Well, he didn't say it to me. Uh, he said, "He said, Doc, I'll get all the sleep I need when I'm dead." <laughs> well, maybe uh, he got that from J.T. Prada. I'm thinking J.T. got it from one of the greatest movies ever, ever, ever um, released. One of the greatest. One of the greatest. Did you ever see Roadhouse? Of Froner? course. Oh, I know you have because yeah. you understand what good cinematic uh, <laughs> history. You know all about cinematic history. What about you, Bronner? Patrick Swayze? Yeah. No, I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't lived. You have not lived, sir. You have homework tonight. Roadhouse. Have Roadhouse. Yeah, watch Roadhouse with your with your with your spoonful of peanut butter dust or whatever it is you eat. He eats dry peanut butter dust. Look, even Lee's. What is peanut butter dust? Well, it's peanut butter powder. I don't know. Do why? Why would you? Why would you do that? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just like peanut Seriously. butter without like the oil. See, I find it's like way better. For I you. am not a peanut butter fan because I find it too dry. I can only imagine like it's dry. You have to have a sip eat, of water. With would a you eat dust in the house? Just plain dust? No, I I like the peanut flavor. <laughs> peanut flavor dust? I didn't even know there was such it's a thing. It's basically just crushed up peanuts. I did and not know that. You have a sip that. of water with it, and it's like a spoonful of peanut butter. Sometimes I mix it in a smoothie with a banana, but I don't always have the time for that or patience. Has that ever been on a menu of sorts anywhere? A menu? No, I buy it at Walmart. And that's our show for another edition of the opening kickoff. Whew. For healthy eating tips, tune in tomorrow. I'm going to go have some dust. Yeah. Okay. For uh, Bronner, who has yet to sing a tune, and for Lee Shervanian, I'm Mark. I'm that does it. We'll be back tomorrow at 6 a.m. Until then, see you.